0: Hi, this is Andrea Romano. I was the voice director on Batman the Animated Series, The Justice League, Avatar The Last Airbender, and a couple of other projects, too. And uh, you're listening to Nerd On.
1: nerd on what's going on everyone welcome back to nerd on the podcast you didn't need but you deserve and where all levels of nerd are welcome
2: Mm -hmm.
1: all right everyone gather around your electronic devices and dedicate your time to this episode please all of our episodes are special to us and someone but today we have something special we are graced by the Lords Above, and one of the greatest <laughs> orchestrators of our time and time ahead of us, we could say she directed some of your favorite performances from I don't know, DuckTales, Animaniacs, Batman, Joker, Superman, The Justice League. We're gonna be here a while. Yeah, yeah we're we'll gonna be here. <laughs> ah! But we are here with Andrea Romano. Ah! wow welcome to the show
0: so nice to be here thanks you guys for having me thank oh, you for, thank you for coming time. thank you so much yes. Heck yeah,
1: Heck yeah. <laughs> we uh we actually met at uh san diego comic-con mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was so much fun and you are gracing us in our studio with yes. our audience wow. i was Fantastic. very happy
0: to be invited thank you the for nerd that. on hq nerd on
1: hq but uh yeah let's get into this i'm josh Ali, I'm Tom, I'm Corey, I'm Caitlin, and this episode is brought to you in part by the NerdOn Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. If you are new to what Patreon is, it is essentially an exclusive membership service in which you can support your favorite creators like, I don't know, maybe us, NerdOn, us. and for as little as a dollar to five dollars a month, you get fun stuff like the Discord server, you get early access to episodes, uh, bonus episodes, disc- there's a lot. But uh, check it out, nerdon.io backslash Patreon, and this episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Comicsology, the number, the internet's number one source for comic books. Check that out, and a little bit of every purchase goes to keeping the lights on. Like but yes yeah. yeah, nerdon.io backslash Comicsology. Mm. That is the housekeeping's done. We're we're here. Let's dive in. Uh, real quick,
3: I have to ask.
1: This
2: is this is terrible
3: because I, I should have asked this before we started rolling. But uh, do you do you have any qualms with uh, any lewd languages? You
0: know, I, as, as you were doing the yeah. intro, I was thinking I should have asked whether we can work blue or not. Oh, yeah.
3: No, <laughs> I have absolutely no problem. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> yeah. No problem
3: whatsoever. Obviously, as long as it's not hateful. Heck well, yeah. No, yeah. God, know, no, God, no, God, no, 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 yeah. no. We're, we're screwed. No, we're we're <laughs> adults. here. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is mature content. Very good.
0: Yes. Very good.
3: Okay. Rated R, but you know.
0: Thank you. Thanks for asking. I appreciate. that. Okay. was very kind of you to ask. Cause some people could have a problem. With yeah, it. no, yeah. absolutely.
3: Weird mm-hmm. Al works really clean. Yep. yeah, he, he does. He only likes clean language. So. He's the
0: nicest guy. Have you? Do you know him? Have you? I have never oh. met
3: him. I know that you worked.
0: With I him. did, and I hired him several times just because I dug him so much, and I love hiring him to do something very unlike his persona, what he's known for, right. which was to play a, a quite evil yeah. character. Oh. And so even when I asked him how he wanted his credit, he said, maybe not weird Al for <laughs> this one, maybe Al Yankovic. But what's so interesting about my relationship with Al is my husband of 28 years. We just elevated 28 oh, years. Congratulations. congratulations! Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, he, did the artwork for al's original album his oh, first album very cool isn't that the coolest that's thing awesome. that, that is, is so very cool. cool made me happy <laughs> so we already get, we're already getting gems and we're like, like five you, minutes in see, that's exactly i like
1: how you just like threw out. do you know do you know al like
0: <laughs> i i thought you might have you know because no, he, does at, oh, uh, he does you know, appear at absolutely. cons and places and he does a really interesting setup that we were with him in denver um, when we we're doing the Justice League, mm. some reunion of some sort, yes, and um, we flo- flew together on the same plane, and we were chatting, and and then I saw his setup at the Comic Con, and they had like, this little booth set up where it was like curtained off, mm. and you kind of stood in line, and you got to go inside, and you had this one-on-one with him. Oh, that's wonderful. That was far oh. more intimate than your average Comic Con activity, right, come which up is the table so and, exactly, yeah. and there's so much you know cacophony around you and everything. But this is, yeah. was like, and I thought, what a cool moment you get to have that. with Al yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Really nice.
3: Wow. Oh man, that's That's so great.
0: Cool. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I've already, already gone off. No. I know, we, we no. send
3: you all these questions, and we're like, uh, I feel like right out you, the you, you have so many stories, though.
0: I have a million, well, and, and I'm writing a book. Oh. And oh. I've been working on this for about the last 20 years, whenever something Ooh. wonderful, or I, I'd meet someone in a recording session or something hilarious would happen, I would go home and just on a little desktop file, write enough words to remind myself what that was and right. what happened. So I yeah. And it started Smart. like 20 years ago. Wow. So I have these fabulous stories that I, I'm i looking forward to telling. it's not just those wild and wonderful things, but also just the path that I took to get where I ended Here. up in my career. Exactly. Yeah. And it was a, um, it, and I've been, go, you know, I do a little bit every week or so I get in there, I start writing for an hour and a half or two hours and then, it stops being interesting for me. And so I stop. And then I travel a lot. We've Mm. been traveling the world. And so then I've gone for nine days and then I come back and I get into it. But what I do is basically just expound on a story that I I made notes about. So whether it was meeting Buddy Hackett and you're probably all too young to even know. Okay, okay, good, good, (laughs) good, good. And I I met him, I, I was a smoker many years ago, and I was—I had just finished smoking a cigarette, and I uh, was waiting for the actors to arrive, and I walk inside, and there's Buddy Hackett. He's arrived (sighs) since I went outside. And I went over, oh, Mr. Hackett, hi, I'm Andrea Romano. I'm the voice director. And he said, did you just smoke a cigarette? And I said, yes, I'm sorry. Does this smell offend you? And he said, no, no. I need one. Don't smoke. Oh, Oh, don't smoke. I just met you, and it could kill you, and he gave me this incredible hug. This man I had never met before who had this quite intimate, you know, hug with me, just, I mean... Kind, yeah. yes, of yeah. kind of course, and warm and, and yeah. like thoughtful and like he actually cared about. And and so I quit smoking wow. Wow. for like seven months. <laughs> and then I started again. Uh, but, but like stories like That's that, those story. are the kinds of stories that yeah. I want to tell where, where these strange little things happen. So I am writing a book and, and, and I have, it's going to take me a while before I get it all done, but it's going to be, oh. um, Simple. It's also, I hope, inspirational for people about mm. how I came from, you know, not at all in this. To I being, didn't even know there was a job called voice director for animation. Right. I didn't know there was that. Also, being uh, the youngest uh, uh, agent that was cool yeah. that was really cool and I never expected to be an agent either I actually thought I was going to be an actor I studied acting mm-hmm. in my undergraduate work yeah. at a place called State University of New York at Fredonia which is up near Buffalo, New York mm-hmm. and I think Shout that out. might be part of why I never went to Chicago before <laughs> this past week <laughs> because it's exactly it. the same yeah. weather it's you know I was there for the winter of 77 when it was 40 below oh, zero my goodness. Yeah. yeah people are not meant to live in that they're no. not they're no. truly no. not no. and I vowed never ever to be in that Again, once I was able to get out of it, and I never I, want to be cold again. I, <laughs> but yeah, I better, God is my witness. Okay. But I went to, um, then I ended up doing some dubbing supervision, which was a whole other part of my work that was so cool, and I'll talk about it in my book as well. Yeah. And I ended up going to Finland in February, wow. so I was very much in that same kind wow. of freezing, freezing cold. Yeah. My husband was with me. My husband's from Brazil, and he said, "Are those?" Ducks walking on ice. Nice. I'm like, yeah, it really is. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Are those boats frozen in the harbor? Oh, yeah. My Brazil. Gosh. You know, they don't yeah. really have boats right. frozen in the harbor. So uh, very, very, you know, uh, fun to be in Finland no matter what. It was just cool to have. I was doing the <laughs> dubbing supervision on the first um, Pokemon movie. Oh. oh wow. I know. My. There's a strange that's credit that, that, that people have. That's me. Awesome. That's, you know,
3: my childhood. Yeah. Right it, it
0: was so wild because... Um, it didn't matter what I, I I dubbed it in five different languages. Whoa! It was a, a, a say Spanish, Italian, French, maybe German. Uh, and then we went over to Sweden and, and Finland and you, dubbed it there.
4: Did you, you were voice director for all of the languages? Uh, dubbing
0: supervisor. Oh, okay, which okay. means that essentially, because I didn't speak all those languages, I of have course. a very good working knowledge of um, all the romance languages, but Swedish hmm. and Finnish, the words are this long yeah. Yeah. for like cup. <laughs> I, I was supposed to be so, shocked. I
4: was like, how do you direct in all of those languages?
0: Basically <laughs> what you do, the truth of it is any one of you could sit and watch an animated piece with foreign voices, foreign speaking language, and tell whether or not it sounds real, yeah, right. whether the acting sounds good, or whether it sounds like a 40-year-old woman trying to sound like a 12-year-old boy.
2: (laughs) All those things,
0: really, because you have experience listening to these things and watching these things. And so Mm -hmm. I had a lot of experience with that specifically, so I could say... That's just not, you know, that voice just sounds fakey. I'm sorry, it sounds mm-hmm. fakey and cartoony. Yeah. And my job was to make sure that everything sounded really, Genuine. really good. Uh, for all yeah. the projects <laughs> I worked on, Animaniacs, the first couple of episodes um, of everything I did for Spielberg, I went over and supervised the dubbing. And, and, that makes, and, and here's a really cool thing about dubbing supervision that a lot of people don't know. It's not just what I just mentioned, but it's right. also things like I remember, and I think it was Germany. I was supervising Kung Fu Panda, the first oh, nice. animated feature. Yeah. Beautiful film, beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really film. is. And um, and I was working for DreamWorks, and they've always been very kind to me about this kind of work. And they said, okay. The, I went for a meeting, and I said, okay, you're going to be dealing with the, that country. You're doing that country. Andrea's taking care of the figs. You're doing that. You're doing that. And the second time yeah. they said that, I said, you, uh, I, so, I feel like an absolute idiot. What are the figs? And they said, <laughs> oh, France, Italy, Germany, Spain. Oh, oh. Figs. okay. Okay, I'll do those. Yeah, And so I spent a week in each country doing the dubbing supervision. (gasps) Sometimes I had to go back because what they wanted was, casting-wise, they didn't want just people with experience doing dubbing with that for animation or dubbing at all. They wanted the equivalent of Jack Black. Mm. They wanted the oh, local comedian that yeah. was also an actor and known in that territory. They right. wanted a the celebrity, same, like, the appeal. To
5: appeal. Correct. Right. Yeah, the yeah, same yeah.
0: level of a Dustin Hoffman mm. to come in and do that. And so that was really cool, first of all, to work with those actors who do that kind of work there. And then um, there would be things like if you remember the film, there's a moment when. Uh, 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 Jack Black and Dustin Hoffman are climbing up the top mm-hmm. of this mountain and Poe the character starts washing his armpits in the pool of sacred right. tears yeah and the sifu <laughs> says Poe we do not wash our pits in the pool of sacred tears so as they're doing the dumping and I hear it in German and I'm listening to the performance I said can you translate that back to me verbatim what oh. it is you're saying and they said Po, we do not wash our armpits in the pool of sacred tears. And I said, there's a joke there you're missing. Yeah. This very sort of honorable, elegant, sophisticated character is saying pits as <laughs> a, as a yeah. kind of a slur. A kind, yeah. You know, it's yeah, kind right, of mark, right. Exactly. And they thought, and they said, we have a very specific word for animal furry armpits. Yeah. And I said, we have to figure out how to put make that work because right. that's exactly the kind of humor we that need. we have to do. And so that made it fascinating for me because it wasn't just verbatim dubbing. It was how do we make this work for each territory? What will work in France that might not work in Germany? What will work yeah. in Spain that might right. not work that in cultural Portugal? cultural context. Exactly. Yeah. And that made it really fun for me. And I, I really enjoyed all of the ones I worked on, but I specifically could... Speak to the ones that I had initially cast and directed myself, because right. wow. I had worked on them over and so, over and over So and not over just again.
4: acting, but like true localization. Absolutely, absolutely. So, wow. so
0: like uh, you remember the Animaniac song, uh, Yakko's World, where oh, he yeah. sings the countries yeah. of the world. Oh wow. yes. Very so well. every country <laughs> had to sort of deal with that specifically for themselves oh, wow. as and make it rhyme, which I don't. And oh be my the God. translators no, no, job. <laughs> um and they uh so in Germany they they in German they made it say Germany you already know which was you know just some oh, way of right. again localizing and making it specific to the territory which was just great fun yeah wow. really really enjoyed that one wow. work, work
3: ethic that's, is a common language
0: yeah, yes
3: that's, that's what that story <laughs> tells me <Is> that like you <laughs> can all say different things but in the end of it all it all takes a lot of
6: hard work, talented people, right. and passionate
0: people. That's right. right. People who are willing watch, to spend hours and hours and yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. When, we so, watch
6: it, when we watch our cartoons here, it's all about like relating to things and and talking to your friends about it. So it, I'm sure it's important to make sure that the kids around the world also feel like they know, you know, what's happening and they don't feel like they're watching a foreign thing.
0: Absolutely. So I can see that. Uh, really exactly important. right. So they, ideally these it's little like kids watch, right. They watch a, a, a feature yeah. film and they believe that that was actually created in for, their language yeah. for them, mm-hmm. yeah. as it should be. Because a
6: lot of these cartoons, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm sure it affects your own development of your own sense of humor and, and right. all that stuff. Yes. And hearing oh. it's set like that, like, you, you know, think about, I mean, some of my
0: earliest memories are of cartoons. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a really important part of my life. I was a cartoon fan from the youngest Yogi age. Yogi Bear, and, yeah. Yes, Yogi <laughs> Bear and uh, Quick Draw McGraw and Huckleberry oh Hound, Lord. which is my personal favorite, Huckleberry yes. Hound. And I've mentioned this before, but the reason is, if you guys know that show, it was the first time a cartoon character that I was aware of broke the fourth wall and looked right into In camera, camera yeah. and spoke to me. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. he was—he uh-huh. could see, I was convinced oh, that Huckleberry yeah. Hound could see me through oh. the TV and talk to me. And the day I met Dawes Butler and said, mm. Mr. Butler, I Huckleberry <laughs> Hound was my favorite character. And he spoke to me as Huckleberry oh, Hound. Oh, my gosh. And oh, I just lost my shit. <laughs> I <laughs> I just, I had no idea I would have that. Emotional reaction like to a visceral, like yes, you know how like when you smell something, and you go, oh, yeah. "Oh wow, that smells like my school bus when I went to school for you know <laughs> yeah, something." Yeah. This was just zipped back in time, and I was so honored to get to know these people. And I mean, most of us get are honored just to meet some of them right. ever. Yeah, but I got to actually work with Mel Blank and work with those oh, wow. Butler and oh, Don Messick and all these remarkable people. And that was kind of a fun thing in my career too, as a casting director, where. Mm-hmm. I kept a list of people I just plain wanted to work with because I thought they were awesome. And truly, you guys, the only one that I was not ever able to do that I wanted, and it's such a a nerdy thing, and I mean that in the best way, of course, was Alex Trebek. Oh, no, I no. wanted wow. to hire him so much. I met him a couple of times. I took my husband to a, a screening, I mean, a taping of the show. Yeah, which yeah. was really fun because they're both huge fans of Jeopardy. And, you know, I, I had asked him when I had met him at one of the Emmy events, you know, would you like to do voices? Oh, yes, I I can do a lot of voices. And I was like, I know I watch you on this show. I hear you do things. I hear you do impressions. And how do I reach out to you? Oh, through, you know, through the Jeopardy, you know, production yeah, company. Uh... And then there was one gig on a, a show that I was doing for DreamWork that they it required an hour. Alex Trebek, but they <sighs> wanted a comedian <gasps> no. So close, so close. So close. <laughs> so, it was one of the last shows I worked on in my whole oh, career, and I man. never got the chance to do it. And now he's sick. Bless his heart. Alex Trebek is. Oh. Yeah, well, I believe again. he's in remission. Well. Well, yeah, no, he's, remission. he's back oh, in he's chemo. I didn't know that. Oh. Just, just back in chemo. No. But
3: the thing is, that's great about him is that he's staying strong about he's it. He's so. Positive. Like, I love that. Like he's just reaching out to his fans and he's all. He's an stuff. example his, his, an, to his us all. Breaking yeah. but touching yes yeah.
0: and he talks about he's very candid he yes. talks about how yeah. he'll be in the middle of his day and suddenly for no apparent reason he'll just cry mm-hmm. he'll oh. just burst into tears and this is one of the happiest human beings on the planet yeah right but he's facing a life threatening disease the he's fact that he survived this as mm-hmm. as far as he has and so well and he looks fantastic he does he looks great but there was another incident and the doctor said right away we got to get you right back okay. and so let's all Yep. whatever yeah. we do that we put that energy Elf out first. there to his oh, health yeah. is 100%. For Alex Trebek
3: and then DreamWorks makes an animated series about the craziness that happens behind the scenes you of you Jeopardy. Jeopardy and, and Alex Trebek has <laughs> to it's like he Wouldn't saves the world be before every show <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love
5: this and it comes I'm and ready. films this, you know. is this is good <laughs> and it
3: prompts each you know, of, the, of, the, of the categories this huh. is the
0: kind of thing that can extend someone's life and yes. I say this because when we meet the Jetsons at Hanna-Barbera in the mid mid-80s. Yeah. Um, right. We, uh, uh, I was the casting director there and Gordon Hunt was the voice director and, and we were presented with 41 new episodes and I said, let's try to get the original actors. Let's yeah. just see if we can't, maybe they're still around and maybe, and so we reached out to all of them and George O'Hanlon, who was the voice of George, George Jetson, Jetson. Yeah. had had a stroke six to eight years earlier and was mostly blind Whoa. and I spoke with his wife on the phone and she said, you know, I don't, I, I, uh, let me talk to him about it. I said, absolutely. Let me call you tomorrow and after you've had a conversation with him. And and I reached out to her the next day and she said, I haven't heard him so happy, oh, so excited for eight years. And so what we would do, because it was a very specific, it was a, a challenge. Um, yeah. We would send him, this was, I'll talk about a, a while ago, the scripts were ready a week in advance. Already that's oh. unheard of. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, they were true. ready a week in advance. Oh, we would heart. send the script to Nancy O'Hanlon, George's wife, she would read the script, word all the way to top, everything, stage direction, everything, camera pans, whatever was going on, wow. uh, on cassette. Wow.
2: Yeah, And Shout then out.
0: when they would drive to the session from Westlake, I think they lived, to Burbank they'd have to come, um, she would play the cassette for him so he could remember the story and have line, it right there, yeah. exactly. And then Gordon Hunt, the director, would sit in the studio with George I would sit in the booth and listen for any noise, and uh, Gordon would feed him his lines, and he would echo them back because he couldn't read them right, off the page, yeah. and and he needed the he needed the coaching. He needed right. Gordon to tell him how to do the line. Because mm-hmm. remember, right. there were words like food-a-rack-a-cycle.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> and
0: like, after a stroke, that's just not an easy word to say. <laughs> right. I have right. a hard time with it. It's not easy. Yeah. And I was but what I know is that we extended this man's life. He had a reason to get yeah. up every week. We made yeah. forty-one episodes and then a feature. Yeah, and um, oh, wow. and his wife would say, you know, I've, I haven't seen his um, his health is better, his attitude is better. He he fights with me again. Yeah, you which know? <laughs> yeah. is absolutely an episode. He's getting, an example you know, he's exactly. Getting out of it, and um, and I got all the original actors to come back. We got Dawes wow. Butler, and Dawes Butler ended up coaching Penny Singleton, who played Jane Jetson, um, because she had dentures, oh. and you need to help her not click, I didn't oh. know that <laughs> oh. which was so cool. And you know, everybody else, uh, Mel Blanc, of course, oh, yeah. and one of my prized possessions is a script from the Jetsons that Mel Blanc marked, wow. and he would mark every word, one line Whoa. underneath it, two lines underneath it, a squiggly line here, an accent they there, have something. Every, it, so he like really mapped out his performance, which was absolutely fascinating. That, that makes sense. My yeah. wife does that
1: with her VO script. She has like, it's just even like separating a sentence and it makes so the delivery is. Right.
0: That's right. It's like diagramming a sentence. It tells you, it reminds you what word you want to get to and what you want to hit and what's the more important part of how the sentence Uh flows. I I put those
4: squiggly shapes of how the words sound. It's
0: it's a really good tool. I mean, everybody kind of highlights their scripts, but then you do something more to make yourself remember what it was you wanted to do that special. That's right. different. Yeah. That makes your, your you can performance. You could be more present
1: that way because it's all written for
0: Agreed. you. You'd be like,
5: great. I, I know the technical side of this. Yeah,
1: right. I used to actually do it with uh, Shakespeare scripts. Yeah. Oh. If they're, oh, yeah. If they're delivered yeah. in a kind of a monotonous way, it it's not real. But like if you mark it, you can get the certain inflections mm-hmm. and translate it so it doesn't sound like the emotional journeys. Yeah. Do
0: you know who's brilliant at that? With Shakespeare specifically, is Kenneth Branagh. Oh my yes, God. he is. makes 100%. Shakespeare accessible to anybody who will just sit and listen because he's just articulate. Yeah. He makes sense of those words, even if you don't know all those wh- yeah. what that meant back in the 1400s. Yeah. It's clear to you what he's talking right, about. Right. The intention. Yeah. Very, very intention. good. Well, very yeah, fair. I mean,
3: I'll, I'll speak very frankly, and we'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, but like, I will remember when I was in school, they were like, here's a book, read it. And I was like, I don't know anything. And then I had to watch, uh, was it Hamlet? He did Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I saw Hamlet. I had to watch the movie in order to be like, oh. oh great. Oh.
0: oh, that's a very cool example and, of how, yeah. and then you could read it and understand it. And then I'm like,
3: it. oh, they're humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not yeah. machines uh, throwing thousands out. of lines. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's not
0: just poets just yeah. rambling out poetry. It's actually acting it's actually things are happening that's very interesting that's a really good one I
3: I, I wasn't you know too smart as a child either but (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: glad to know that you did go in and read it because that's that's the joke. it was
3: homework one and also I was like everyone knows about Hamlet everyone knows about Romeo and Juliet let me at least Mm -hmm. do some Mm -hmm. homework so I can try to figure this out good for you Good but, for you. Uh, that Jetson story—I feel like that's a movie right there. Oh yeah, yeah. that's like one of those that's last me. ride films. You know, that's it's like me. you get all the the legends of you know, and then they come out. They're like, let's do one more time, one great yeah. show. It's like, <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? Like, ah,
1: oh, that's like like there's, a there's a there's a yeah. there's
0: a topper to that. Mm. Um, when we were making the movie, it it, it was it took many many sessions to record because it's a lot more than a 22 minute script. Oh yeah, and so we had George come in several times to do his lines, and he came in one week and he just was not feeling well. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of the session he said i would always walk him into the session and sit him down you know yeah. put him on my arm it was very oh. sweet like grandpa oh. and we'd sit and i sit him down and ask him how he was and he said put your ear next to my ear and so I, I just put my head right next to it and you with every heartbeat you could hear whoosh whoosh his blood was rushing through his head with an audible whoosh Whoa. Whoa. it was crazy i said george how can you hear anything he said i'm having a hard time and I said, "Well, let's do what we can. We don't have to finish all the recording today. We'll do what we can." Yeah. And so Gordon directed him and we could just tell that his energy was just not going to match, you know, another line that he might have done a few weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. We had to. So uh, G- Gordon said, "George, let's just send you home today. When you're feeling better later in the week or next week, we'll bring you back in and finish up the work." Fine. So I, I called for his wife to come in from the waiting room and she came in and and suddenly, and "I can paint this picture for you. Gordon Hunt is here." George O'Hanlon is here. They're both in chairs looking my way. Nancy O'Hanlon is standing a little bit off to George's side. Suddenly, George's head pitches forward onto (gasps) her chest, and he has another stroke right there in the recording studio. And I was nine one one. They were there in, I swear, two minutes, you guys. It was astonishing. We were at Hanna-Barbera, old Hanna-Barbera, so 3400 Coanga West. And St. Joseph's Hospital is very close by in Burbank. And they were there in a second, and they took him over, and we followed in the cars, and... Essentially, they revived him so he essentially whoa, died in that whoa, recording session whoa. and they, they she, uh, she they had their spiritual shit together and she said just keep him alive so the kids can come say goodbye whoa. and then we'll let him go so George O'Hanlon kind of died in front of me which wow. you know let me go Oof. that way doing what I love right liked, exactly and you know like I said with his life extended he probably would have died a few years earlier right because he was he couldn't see he had nothing getting no, we, him out of bed like exactly you said. Yeah, no reason to get different. up in it the morning so, um, but that's a, that goes in the movie then. You yeah. know. Wow. If that movie gets made, that needs yeah. to be in there. That's yeah. the
2: tearjerker. That's yeah. the, oh man. The,
0: the, 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 what do you call it when it's happy and sad? Um, bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, bittersweet. very bittersweet. I was like, my life? <laughs> <laughs>
3: wow! Yeah. Okay. wow. Well, let's try to get some of these questions. Yeah, yeah. okay, to no, sure. sure. Sorry, been, yeah. no, no need to no, 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 no.
4: apologize. The, your has life has been phenomenal and is amazing, Thank and there's you. so many stories there to tell. It's 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 kind of hard to direct it to certain questions when there are so many questions to be asked. Yeah so all right Hit me. since i started start? that uh, <laughs> okay all right let me uh, direct it then uh how did voice acting and directing become a path for you you you've had a you've had a winding path up to that but indeed the summarized version
0: good um i w- studied acting i wanted to be an actor i loved acting i just thought it was incredibly cool. My parents were very practical and said, are you aware of how hard it is? <laughs> are you ready to start? And I was like, yeah, I, I am, but nothing else thrills me the way acting does. So I uh, went to undergraduate school at Fredonia, New York, and then to graduate school at Rutgers in New Jersey. Wow. And um, And at that point, I had switched to uh, theater history just because I I was in the acting program and still taking, Mm -hmm. but my major was theater history, which is a phenomenal way to look at civilization. If you, you can, I mean, uh, some of our earliest written work are the plays of Aeschylus, which talked about how life was then. And so historically, they're just a fantastic way to find out what was going on. Now you have to take, you know, keep in mind that there was satire Theatrics. and all that right, exactly right. Right, right but basically it tells you what was going on in the world so theater history and I um, I was very heavy at this time this would have been like 1979 was I weighed the, 200 the pounds that you yes. picked up okay and um, I I just you know college the food Oh, program yeah. was Spaghetti like and terrible, bread. correct, correct, yeah. <laughs> and Spaghetti so and bread. I exactly right, and so I, um, and and you know, in New York and that part of the world, you just put another couple of layers of clothes on, yeah, and yeah, kind yeah. Of, you can hide it. Then you come to California, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guess go, what?
4: Wait, I have to take Less, these off? And exactly. Oh no.
0: yeah. But what I learned too was that aside from the fact that people here are much more concerned about their health, they just are in general. Um, and as shallow as it may be, they're much more concerned about how we look because it is an industry of on camera right. actors Appearance. that is all yeah. around in this city. And. Um, I, and you can exercise year round here without spending a lot of money. You don't mm-hmm. have to belong to a gym to be able to go work out on a treadmill. You can just walk right. every day of the year the weather, practically. Yeah. It allows it. you. Or swim, both right. of which are excellent exercises, and both of which I got majorly into. And it took me about four years to take it all off. Um, but during that time, I needed to work. And I. Um, I contacted one of my dear friends from Fredonia, who was an agent at the Anne Wright Agency, which is a theatrical agency. It doesn't exist anymore, but he was an agent there. And he called me up one day from Los Angeles. I was living in San Diego. And he said, come up for an interview. There's a voiceover agent's assistant who's been in a car accident and will be coming back to her job, but they need a temp. And it just might be hmm. interesting for you to learn. about." I'm the, um, there. You know, about like- Whatever, full, sign me up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I showed up, interviewed for- um, this was Don Pitts, voiceover agent. So sweet, such a sweet man. I'm going to move this microphone because I've popped now three times. I'm no, yeah, just it. like this. I good. can hear do it myself. I was like, do. no, yeah. I popped. I, can clean I should know not to. Oh, good, okay, good to know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I forget they have the software for that. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just runs um, the whole
4: thing
5: and then goes bye. <laughs>
0: <She's>, <laughs> Is my level still good? I just no, no, yeah, Okay, she's used good. to the technique. I have <laughs> terrible technique, so he has to. He has to, he has to um, I yeah. just anyway. So I I um I. I came up in what was meant to be a two-week temporary job replacing Vanessa Gilbert. Um, I ended up doing that work there for a year, two years or so, because Vanessa decided not to come back. And Vanessa Gilbert then became a killer voiceover agent at both uh, TGMD, where she was a partner, and now she's at... Isn't this terrible? I can't think of where she is, but she's awesome, wonderful agent. Um, And so I was there being an agent's assistant, and then at... Uh, maybe a four month into it, they franchised me as an agent, which was really wow. cool. Really cool. So That's for awesome. a very short period of time, so I was the youngest agent. It, really. I like, fell into it. And I loved it because I understood when actors said, my performance is going to be better at two in the afternoon than it is going to be at nine o'clock. My voice is going to be in a better placement for those deeper trailers yeah. and all yep. that stuff. And I understood what it was like when right. they would say, I need, you know, more than a half hour to travel from there to there, find a parking space because I was still getting (laughs) used to what Los Angeles was. And the panic that an actor feels being late is a terrible feeling. And you don't ever want that to be the feeling of going into an audition or for a job. And so I I fell into that in a very pleasant way. And I think... um, Actors responded to me well because I was on their side and Mm -hmm. trying to help them do everything better, get the material for them sooner, get whatever they needed, parking instructions, whatever I could. And then also on the other side, I understood what I I just kind of fell into this, too, of understanding what an advertising agency was looking for. And they said, this is what I want. Mm. And so I, I just got it. And um, and I learned from Don Pitts and I learned from um, the booth director. And at that time, there was like one booth director. Oh, and wow. every agency had their own booth director. Now Whoa. there's, you know, it's all different because everybody's oh, got yeah. their own booth at home. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, the problem with that is if you're not a good self-director oh, yeah. and you could really use somebody else's, you know, listening to it and giving you some notes – then you're, it's not as good to have a home. You should right. go into your agent's office and actually audition there and let the director yeah. direct you there. But um, but if, for those who can self-direct, my goodness, how convenient is that? You <laughs> five auditions before you even like Must have nice. your first yep. cup of coffee yep. or whatever. It's, it's remarkable. So anyhow, back to me. Yes. <laughs> this is your episode. This is your episode. Um, yeah, there you go. I... Um, I was headhunted at a. Uh, Abram Zublov was a very large agency. They had Frank Welker and June Foray and oh, Paul wow. Winchell and remarkable, remarkable talent. And um, probably 300 often working voiceover actors wow. at that point. That was a lot. Yeah. And then um, a small boutique agency reached out to me because they had a very strong on camera commercial department. And And most voiceover agencies are located in a commercial. Agency. Right. And so they very strong um, on camera department, but no voiceover department. And that meant that their clients had to go out to other agencies to get their voiceover activity. Oh. And those other agencies would want to sign them across the board. And so they were losing clients. Oh. So special uh. artists said, We need a voiceover agent. Oh. So I went over and started their voiceover department. There you go. And um, and brought some people over from Abram- from yeah, from Abrams who were willing to come over and then just really built up the people that were already there as on-camera people, but they needed to learn voiceover. Sometimes I had to send them to workshops and just go, you've got the potential, but I don't have the time here in a simple audition. Yeah. To I've got 10 more people waiting after you to actually teach you how to do voiceover. And so I would do that, or some just had a good instinct for it. And you know, commercial voiceover, directing that and acting for it, is, has the same kind of requirements that theatrical voiceover does, which is, who are you talking to? Mm -hmm. What's the most important word in that sentence? Don't swallow the product name.
2: You want (laughs) that actually to like be
0: the most important word. And, and, you know, how do you feel about this product? You know, this is the best skin cream. Even if you're announcing, you have to believe it. You have to have an opinion. So that was kind of fun, I think, for um, the clients to have somebody actually directing them that way as an actor, as not just a voice, but as an actor. Uh, and then um, I was a special artist for maybe I don't know a couple of years. I forget exactly. <laughs> I could look it up. It's probably on IMDb or something. I could actually track it down that way. Um, and then I was reached out to by Ginny McSwain at Hanna Barbera. She was the casting director there, and um, oh. it's so dear because I, she invited me when I was working with her. Uh, you know, she would call me to for me to submit people to her, and she was great. She would see my people and very very kind. And um, she invited me to come watch sessions and. Hey, I would go and watch some sessions, Just when I, especially when I had a client on one. I would go and watch Frank Walker and Paul Rubens, who was doing oh, – this was before Pee Wee and this all these so wonderful cool. people. And uh, and then she called me and said, I'm going to leave Hanna-Barbera uh, and I'm going to go to Marvel. This was a time when cartoons were just blowing up. They were essentially 22-minute uh, commercials for everything
3: was like sons of this right that was that
0: exactly right and Muppet Babies and everything Pink Panther and Son in, exactly right Uh and so there was so much work that they needed a lot of voice directors out there and Ginny was going to leave Hanna-Barbera to become a voice director which is a perfectly understandable step up and so she called me and said you know I'm going and I wanted to you know, speak to you specifically and tell you, I said, oh, my God, who's co- going to be replacing you because you've been so generous to me and you see my client? And she said, we don't know yet. We're seeing a couple of people. Oh. And the next day she called me and said, Andrea, are you interested in, <laughs> would you, and in typical cartoon style, my phone was left spinning in the air right. as I got as in you. my car and my and rushed to H- Hanna-Barbera, the fled finstone yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> And uh, and met with Gordon Hunt, who I had met before when mm-hmm. I came in and, and just watched some episodes. And they hired me the next day. Wow. And I gave my notice at Special Artists and left very shortly thereafter and started right at Hanna-Barbera. And it was wow. heaven. It was heaven. And, you know, Hanna-Barbera has been accused of being a factory. And it was. It was a factory that made cartoons. But they made some of the best cartoons yeah. ever. Scooby-Doo is still being made. Oh, yeah. It's just How remarkable. Many yeah. I know. And then shows like, you talk to people about what shows they think of as, in their youth, and whether it was Smurfs or, um, you know, Super Friends, oh, which yeah, was such yeah. a different series than any of the superhero series that yeah. I worked on. Or any of those shows that were... You know, the instrumental in their lives. They think about the main title sound of Quick Draw McGraw or yes. oh, yeah. you know, that was my... Wally Gator. Was that yours? Quick draw was yeah, my... yeah, good one. Good oh, one. Yes, yeah. and and um Baba Louis, which, you know, oh, they yeah. talked about making remaking that show and there was just absolutely no Baba Louie. Oh. No, that was a derogatory way of oh, yeah. depicting Hispanic. Oh. So much of that stuff. Stuttering characters. We, we couldn't do stuttering characters. During and that time oh. we didn't it wasn't
3: meant to be that way, but now we're in a yeah, climate where it's a little bit more sensible. It, I, and I didn't
0: it. think right now, and I yeah. didn't, there was no malice intended no, at, it at all. Not. it was It right. was all in good fun. It was all making fun. And of course, you know, here we are in Los Angeles and they're, you know, our Mexican dear friends are right there in Mexico. And so it, it was easy to access those accents. And this is always my example about how, what a genius Mel Blanc was. Mm. If you watch a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon, he is every... Mexican-accented mouse in that cartoon, oh. and they all sound completely wow. different.
2: I, just, Whoa. I mean, they're like six <laughs> yeah. of them, yeah. and I they're know. all
0: ones more nasal, ones pitched higher, ones lower, ones raspier, ones fat-sounding. They're all oh. different, but they all have the same Hispanic accent—the Mexican-specific, right.
5: Accent, right? Right, right. It's very, very. And cool. there was actually a time yeah. that I think Warner Brothers tried to retire. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez because they thought it was offensive, but the Hispanic community was like, no, we oh. we like Speedy
2: Gonzalez. Oh, very leave, cool.
3: leave him be. Excellent.
5: No, yeah, one of yeah. my friends was like, Yeah, that's the kind of Mexican from the inner city,
3: from the outer city. And I was like, Oh, there's different kinds. Oh, He's yeah. like, Yeah, think of it like New York and California, like they speak very differently. I was like, yeah. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Today <Tonight laughs> I learned. Today.
0: <laughs> uh, so I was at Tana Barbera for uh, I left there in 1989 mm-hmm. when um uh Many of my friends who were there, executives and producers and stuff, left to form Warner Brothers TV Animation. It didn't exist. And just before that, I had been reached out to by someone from an advertising agency, Leo Burnett Advertising, who was, um, had been, let's see, I worked with him when I was an agent, often submitting actors to him for various commercials he was working on. He left there to form... Disney TV animation. Wow. So oh, this wow. is like 1986, 87. Uh, Disney TV Plus. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, I was around for that. It was so cool. Just happened to be alive and in the business during those times when those yeah. things were expanding. And so they asked me to come and direct DuckTales, which was really cool. Oh, I did come the come first on. DuckTales. Ooh, gotta say that. Oh, DuckTales. Yeah. Ooh. Um, and did that for, I forget however many years we did that. It was fantastic. And then the Warner Brothers team. Went over and and they let me stay at Hanna Barbera and do Ducktales. But when Warner Brothers, I, I think there was such an exodus of Hanna Barbera employees going mm. over to form that they were like, "Nah, that's one too many. Mm. You can't do them and us. You have to leave Hanna Barbera."
4: Whoa. And
0: that was really scary because all I had was one series. Whoa. Tiny Toon Adventures. But there was this guy that was the executive producer, Steven Spielberg. It's I okay, I can take him. a chance just, with it was him. Yeah, right. Not now. familiar. And <laughs> so that was absolutely joyous. Hard, hard work. I mean, literally, I went over to the building that we were in, which was at the Sherman Oaks Galleria, mm. um, so and oh, yeah. Ventura. Yeah. And we had it was an office building. It was not an animation studio per se. And my uh, my office, which was essentially a closet, <laughs> Air exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. Was um, in the hallway where all the editors were. So there were no windows because they needed soundproof rooms to do the editing. Right. Oh. And I worked for the first, I don't know, two, three months on an overturned box with a paper Rolodex because that's what we had. We didn't have computers yet (laughs) and a telephone, that was it. That's what I had to work wow. from to cast Tiny Toons. And you make magic out of it. And we did. Wow. We were able yeah. to. It was fantastic. It was, you know, it's kind of that thing of, uh, you know, invention is, yeah. you know, whatever you have around you, you make Re- it work. Restriction
3: and breeds
1: creativity.
0: That's it. Yeah. I, so I could, you know, an uh, overturned box was all I needed. Yeah. I really, you know, and, yeah. a, and a yellow pad and pencil. It has storage. <laughs> you could. <That's laughs> right. I, you know, it was quiet enough. I could scream. <laughs> Damn <laughs> Nobody <laughs> could hear me. Yeah. Yeah. Low catharsis. That's, it. that's it was good. Great. I could listen to auditions. That was what was cool. Without annoying everybody. And I'll tell you, you guys, for these first few series for um, Warner Brothers, I auditioned hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for every new project. So I was listening to tapes all hours of the day and night. And I had to have some volume because you need to hear Everybody's it's performance, do, right? What are you actually doing? And so, and that could just be devastating to an editor who's next yeah. door. Yeah, I, I, going, I don't need to hear any more people say that same copy. Over <laughs> and, <over again." laughs> yeah, yeah. and so uh, it was kind of nice to have, be in that kind of soundproofed right. area. Um, but we made, you know, Animaniacs and Pinky in the Brain. And then after oh, those kind of very man. cartoony cartoons, um, Bruce Timm, who had been mm-hmm. on Tiny Tunes or. Animaniacs, I forget which one we worked on first together, um, storyboard artist. He came to me, and I think I lucked out because I don't think he knew any other voice directors. I was the only one he had ever been really aware of and could, like, <laughs> walk up to my office to and go- To your benefit. I <laughs> know, I was so grateful. He
3: knew the right one.
0: Well, he knew he, knew I, right I, one. you know, we learned so much together. Oh,
3: and, that's cool.
0: oh, my God, yes. That's he was fascinating. like a, an absolute encyclopedia of- All things DC and Marvel and everything. I mean, he just, and was very, very willing to share it to a woman, which is a different, you know, thing. And what, what I wanted very specifically in working on this, and one of the reasons I said, yes, I wanted to do it was I wanted to make it a cartoon series that was. Did you hear that? That was my stomach. (laughs) That was so loud. Excuse me. Um, I wanted to make it accessible to women. I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be a series that women wanted to watch. I wanted it to be sexy. I wanted it to be... Um, something that women could relate to, that it wasn't just fighty, fight, fight, fight. Right, right. Um, I loved the idea that they wanted to make it dark, that it wasn't going to be the Adam West Batman, which was the only one I was familiar with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, girls, during the time when I was growing up, we didn't read Batman cartoons. We didn't read superhero uh, comic books. We read, if we read comic books, um, Archie and, you know, Veronica and Betty. And we watched, you know, the the things were romance comics, you know, where the women's tears were. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) But but we weren't. You know, not many of us did not. And so I needed that help from all those guys that knew, whether it was Paul Dini or Bruce Tim or, you know, any of the writers, Bob Goodman or these guys that just. Literally, encyclopedia. They knew it so well, and especially it would help when I was casting something. It was the first time somebody like Red Tornado would show up, mm. yeah. And I'd go, "I need just a quick who, where, origin, what, how, you know, how, how older, is he is younger. Where does he fit? Yeah, yeah. exactly." And so and then, and is he? Is this a one shot? Are we going to see him in this one episode? and Never hear from him, or are we going to have him in the next twenty episodes? Which right. means Makes a little difference. bit more. It does right. because you know the way the Screen Actors Guild pays for cartoons voice acting essentially you get three voices for one price. So right. I bring an actor in for scale and they do three voices for me. So versatility is excellent. Right. It really benefits the actor. They get much more chances for work. So in an instance where there was going to be a red tornado who's going to have four lines in one episode and we'd never see again, that would probably be a role I would give to somebody who's already going to be there mm-hmm. and just have them do a slightly different voice for that character. If it's going to be a character that's going to show up for the next 20 episodes, it's likely I'd cast it. And find someone new out there right. that I've got on my list of people I wanna bring you in. You wanna work with, right? right or yeah. I had auditioned for the Justice League, let's say, and they didn't get a role, but I wanted to keep them in mind because they were second choice for three roles. Yeah. And they're, they're just that good and they deserve a chance. Where's and Alex so-
3: Trebek? Where's Alex Trebek? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he's right
2: here.
0: And I, would get, and I would always try to bring in as many different people and give them a chance. And, and what was so lovely is after time, after I was working long enough, agents knew from their clients coming back and saying, it's fun. And Andrea Romano animated session Mm. and all of them weren't fun, but you know I tried. That was a big part of my job was to make it a very pleasant experience for everybody in the room. Yeah, that it was like a party. That it was like this, where we sit and rap and chat and talk and have fun and tell stories, and then get the work done too. Right. You know, and and you do it in a way that people don't feel like they're being you know right. Because <laughs> you don't want to take the fun out of it if you're not right. having. Well, that's the that actor
5: background that you have. You got to make sure that they're in the right mind space to give the performance. You
0: absolutely. Need. To intimidate an actor or to make them feel bad is not going to get you a. Better performance yeah. actors are so sensitive and and that's what i love yeah. i love that actors are sensitive because that's why we hire actors we don't hire technicians mm-hmm. we, hire, we want that sensitivity we want you to have access to your the emotions, emotions the spectrum to so spill it out on really, screen quickly there's not it's, it's kind of end result acting which mm-hmm. some actors have a hard time with because we don't have all that rehearsal time right. that you do when you're doing a play you have to get to that point Immediately. Of rage within like two, three takes. Yeah. And if you don't, I'm going to take you there myself. And, and that <laughs> was also a trick because Ooh, I didn't I like ever tricks. like an actor to know that they were being line read, but the actor would say, you know, we are not going there. I said, nah, you wait 10 times. You
2: heard that. One too. <laughs> <laughs> you need some you food. What? We got we some used snacks to, you know we got what? Snacks. We used to
0: have to, Kevin Conroy, Batman, oh. his stomach used to make so much noise that we would have a belly baffle <gasps> for him. <gasps> A pillow that we would put over his belly oh when he recorded because it would ruin a really good take. <laughs> okay. And I and now feel
3: like, like I'm... Write circle. that down. Next See? time he's on the show. belly baffle. We're going to
0: give him a belly baffle. <laughs> yeah. belly we actually
3: had Kevin um, on the show. Yeah. And in the Sweetheart. moment, you know, you're talking about, uh, like, meeting somebody. We, we all lost. Like, oh, He said,
0: Isn't he the coolest? No, he, he really <laughs> is the coolest. He's dear. I love him so... He has a wonderful apartment in New York, and he's got this little guest... Accommodation next to it. And Whenever I stay in New York, I stay there, and I oh. refer to it as the, as the Batcave. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, is the cave available next weekend? That's oh yeah. Nice.
5: I wanted to Very ask cool. a question. Awesome. Uh, you talked about creating uh, an atmosphere that that felt you know open and friendly, getting the work done, but making sure that everyone's having a good time. Right? And uh, anywhere online you look, you look Andrea Romano up, you see that you are kind of ch- the champion of making sure everyone's recording as a group setting rather than the you know sole person in the booth. Sure. What uh, what made you kind of push that approach?
0: Um, there's several reasons. Artistically, it makes sense. Wind, I heard it. Um, (laughs) artistically, it makes sense because, uh, half of acting is reacting. Mm -hmm. So you ask me a question and I'm going to respond based on the way you asked it of me. If you had said, what made you do that? I would respond in a different way. Right. And so that's a really fun way to get real acting and reacting. The other thing is, Practical wise, it makes great sense because I can run. I rehearse a scene first. I run the scene. Let's do a little different next time. We run the scene the second time. We know right then and there if it worked. Right, right. And maybe a pick up from you and a pick up from you, and and then we're we're covered. If I have to record you separately, I have to remember what you did just before, what you might do afterwards, because you're not recorded yet either, but you're not in the same session as her. And so I have to get maybe five, six, seven more takes for every single line. Just in case. To make sure I can cover, because maybe you were speaking about at this level, and she's now speaking at this level, and you don't sound like you're in the same room together having a conversation. So. Practicality wise, it makes great sense. And actors like it more. Yeah, they oh, do. Yeah. They like it. Yeah. That's and what we've heard. <laughs> they they do. They like it. Yeah. And and uh every once in a while when a feature has had the opportunity to get a couple of actors together, they're like, oh, this is so much better.
2: Yeah.
0: And I think why it's not done, and I'm not trying to cast aspersions on the current crew of voice directors. Right. But a lot of them are untrained. They aren't from the acting field. Mm-hmm. They, they're really just somehow thrust into that position. Right. right. And for them to handle six actors... And actors are wonderful and crazy and children, and you have to herd them and get yes. them in the room all together. Yeah, and, wrangling. and exactly. <laughs> and then there's an engineer and a second engineer, and then there's and a maybe producer the and the client, and maybe, and there's all these other, and you've got to, there's a guy keeping the log you've got over to here. It all. And gosh, you've got to make gosh. sure everybody is getting their what they need. Um, that's right. What yeah. they need. And so that's hard for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. And I'm convinced that I was pretty good at that because I come from a family of eight kids. Oh there you oh, go. Wow. So just the, just navigating the dinner table was right. oh, excellent, <laughs> training, excellent training. <laughs> I think cheerleading was also a good training ground for, right. you wow. know. And um so there was a a sense of togetherness and and what also would happen that was really cool is people would say could we? I have a whole other idea about that little tiny exchange between us two. Can we do that again? Just the two of us run that scene? Sure, absolutely. And and what was so great about that is smart people, actors who had experience, would just say, "Can can we?" I got an idea, and they would dive in. Oh, cool. People who haven't would say. I kind of have this idea that if we were to, and then the description takes five minutes. To Mm -hmm. run the scene would have just taken 30 seconds. So just run the damn scene. You know what I mean? (laughs) It just makes sense. Just do it. Don't tell me about it. You don't have to convince me. If you have an idea, I'm delighted to hear it. Go for it. Dive in. If it doesn't work, great. And and you never want to tell an actor no. Right. No, I mean, no wasn't really in my vocabulary. Even if an actor gave a horrible read, the first words out of my mouth was good. Okay, let's try another one because you want to always make the actor feel like they're right. on the right path at least. And then you direct them where and, – and I was talking before about how you give a line reading, which is you just go, okay, so your line is, um, we've got to get over there. And you're not frustrated enough. A little bit more. We've got to get over there. Now you got to go ten inch bigger. We've got to get over there. And then I would just go, echo me. You've got to get over there. And then right away they would just do it that second. We've got to get over there. So they're literally – echoing me. So they bring it right up to where I am. And they don't even And I wasn't trying to trick them, but it was just a way for them to, to know, don't be embarrassed to go that to big. Progress, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And so if they have to build to it, that's fine. Give and then you just more. move right on. And then they don't go, wow, I was just line read.
4: It, it, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a lot of like the improv of like, yes, and. Right. You're, you yes, and them building them up to that that's point. That's right. Because you can start an improv scene and have it be kind of stiff and right. like everybody's, Ugh, but that can become something wonderful if you keep encouraging Correct. it. Correct.
0: Yeah. Uh, Encouraging it. That's the word. You always
4: encourage.
3: Tara Strong actually spoke about it and was saying, like, how the voiceover industry is, like I said, a vacuum without you, because she was saying how, like, there's a lot of voice directors who, like you said, are not experienced in that and they will just do line read after line read after line read after line read. And, it you takes know, the acting out of it. And that's yeah. what I said. That's yeah. when you could
0: use a technician instead of an actor. Right. Well, you know? And it
3: comes to where you casted people and then they get involved. They don't say yes if they are not. They don't want to do it. Right. And so they right. will get invested in the character. Like, I don't think the character at this point would have said it that way. But then if you're directing and saying, like, just say it that way, then right. it takes it to, the why am I even here?
0: Right. Right. So mm-hmm. Or, you know, or giving the actor a chance to, you know, and that's something that I always say, especially at the end of an audition was, is there anything I didn't let you do that you wanted to do? Because... The worst is to have an actor drive Deal. home going, I had one more take in me that I didn't Shut ask that for. They yeah. wanted that to explore been, it and right. they had no
4: opportunity. Co- and, and, and I'll sit right. with them for weeks. It will.
5: <laughs> I know it will. It if will not, eat
2: away at them.
0: And then they'll hear the person who got the job and they'll like, go, that was my idea and I never got <laughs> to do it. So I always give that one last, is there anything you didn't get to do that you want? And again, that's because I was an actor too and I, mm-hmm. I want them to be comfortable. Right. But there's there have been some very interesting moments of... Um, I always walk an actor up to the microphone when I this first time I'm working with them because I want them to know that I'm just a uh, you know, I'm there's here a good, with you. yes, and there's a good separation. That glass does create a bit of a it's terrifying. It, it's it's I, I would prefer to be in the room with the actor, but of I course. make too much noise every, I just every make too much noise. Furrowed
4: brow on the other side of the glass is it's a horrifying.
0: total well, mental
2: thing. And yeah. I always
0: try to tell people they're probably furrowing their brow about lunch. what they're ordering. for yeah. exactly, it has nothing to do <laughs> with your performance, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I I liked um, walking actors up to the microphone. Sometimes I had to record on a Saturday or a Sunday because of the actor's availability, celebrities often. And I remember uh, watching Weeds. Do you remember that show? Yeah, And the young actor, Alexander Gould. Mm -hmm. Um, Alexander? I think that's right. Um, And he was so wonderful. I loved his work so much. And I wanted to have him come in and play in one of the movies we were making. Jimmy Olsen, because he was just the right age. His voice had just oh. cracked. Oh. It was already in that. <laughs> yep. It kind of still cracked a little bit, and I liked that. It was right for the- Nice little quality, yeah. Exactly. And so it was a Saturday record. I was recording him and John Noble. John Noble was going to play Brainiac for me. Mm. And so I bring um, Alexander, I think. Alexander. Okay, thank you very much. Yes. And I bring him up, and I set him up, and I'm like, thank you for recording on a Saturday. I'm so glad to get you. I'm a huge fan of your work on the show, and you've done voiceover before, right? And he looks at me with those big, beautiful eyes, and he says, I'm Nemo. Uh, I went. Oh, oh my God! I'm such <laughs> oh, an <my> idiot. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Of course, I knew that, but I, I just hadn't put it together in that yeah. moment oh. that Saturday morning. And, oh, right. no. and I'm like, I, you know, and now I've lost all credibility credi- credibility with you, <laughs> I haven't I? <laughs> because I, I loved you your are. work so much in Nemo. You were killer good, but it was just one of those things where you just go, <laughs> yeah. you think you got it all together, like. Mm, no. I would
3: always yeah. say, like, oh, well, so you got it. I'm just going
0: to slate you and you just go. Right,
6: right. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I'll it's walk great. myself out
0: then. <laughs> so I'll see you I later. Know, yes. I know. I'm an idiot and I'm sorry. Ali? You have a question?
6: Um, Well, uh, you were talking about how, like, you bring the actors together uh, for the recording session. And I know even having everybody in the same room, you know, we talked about, like, people coming in with their problems from the day. Um, do you have any specific techniques to use to kind of, like, like, break the ice. Yeah. Get everybody, like, in the energy that you want them to be in. Do yes. we need a
0: belly baffle? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, it's I not going to pick it up at all. I had breakfast and everything. Um, no. I, always plays the, I always play this game, which is, uh, as there, especially if we're sitting around waiting for one last actor, uh, you don't want that actor to feel bad when he walks in the room because he's a few minutes late. And I, right. you know, I, 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 if anybody's more than 10 minutes late, t- more than twice, I give them a really hard time. A yeah. really hard It's like, you know what? You are holding up all these people that are here. It's not just, because uh, I'm going to wait for Tom's you. Tom's looking at oh, right. yeah. Don't be late. Don't be late. Don't be late. It's just rude. Be, you know, you can be late once. There could be a problem it that happens. Happen, but don't, But set an alarm clock earlier. do whatever you have to do. Don't be late. So, um, but I would, when you're waiting for that actor or whatever, I would say things like, okay, my guilty pleasure is Undercover Boss. That's what oh, I watch. No. And I'm just yes. about what's yours? And then everybody starts talking about what their particular favorite... Guilt Breaking mother-
5: down walls and like showing a piece of themselves.
0: That right. and just silly conversation yeah. that has nothing to do with anything. It's not important. Right. But they are they forget about the fact that they just got a dentist bill that's $2,000. And how the hell are they going to pay right. for that? Yeah. Instead, it's like a they're thinking about... Some other silly, what do I watch that I'm embarrassed to tell people about? Oh, yeah, I watch Antiques right. Roadshow or whatever it is. Antiques Roadshow yeah. is a good one. But, you know, there's some of those really trashy. nasty. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that kind and then when that last person does walk in, you go, OK, what's your the question of the day was what's your favorite? So those yeah. kinds of silly questions. And when things, it brings just them right make,
5: into it.
3: Just to
6: fill yeah. up their
0: heads with exactly other thoughts. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, Think about something place, else.
3: Exactly. 'Cause we're then just sharing, now we're just a family. That's right. We're it's just silly. family doing fun things and having a good time. That's right. We're and not the, doing one a of job. the
0: other questions I would say is things like, Okay, when I was a kid, my rock star mm. was Roger Daltrey. I was desperately in love with Roger Daltrey of the Who. I wanted choice. him to be my boyfriend. Choice. And so I went to around the room and said, Who was your rock star? And you know, people it was, about your age range, so they're mentioning some people I don't even know, young, young new singers and stuff. And my favorite thing was though when the girl, this was Nickelodeon, and Shannon was sitting next to me, and she was taking the log, and she's a casting director, and she's wonderful and lovely. And and just before I, I'd let oh, excuse me, I'd let everybody else give their opinion first, and then I said mine was Roger Daltrey, and she said, I don't know who that is. Oh. And I had to give her the reference of the CSI opening <laughs> yes! in order for her to know who Roger Daltrey. Oh yeah yeah, I know who that is now. Mm. I oh, thought yes. she doesn't know who the who. Oh, no. I'm so old. <laughs> we're we're oh, no, kind no. of
3: getting to that place now with the next generation, too. Wild? So like oh, You yeah. know, when you say cassettes, you know, you look at us like with a smile, like some of our audience are like, excuse me. What's I know. What's that now? I know. It's like, what?
0: What's that? What's They've a, never what's a VHS? been without a smartphone. Yeah. They've never been right. without. A, they always have had all that information. Oh, my gosh. At their fingertips.
6: Oh, there's like uh, videos online with kids who like they, they'll put three kids in a room and give them a rotary phone and tell them to oh, call this no. phone number and they they'll give you, I'll give not, you $50 if you can do it. They, yeah. And they don't figure it out.
5: I had that experience. Oh. I, I was working at a music store and this kid had just gotten out of a lesson and his phone had died. And I was like, Oh, you can use our phone. Do you know your mom's number? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh, you can use our phone. And he picked it up and I hear behind me, he goes, call mom. Oh, and I was like,
2: <laughs> oh. Siri,
5: call mom. No, it's gonna, or, you gotta dial it. or
0: I see this little kid, like a toddler, a, uh, not maybe not even walking yet with an iPad. No, no, sorry, with a magazine, ah. pressing on oh. it. Oh, I've seen that. Trying the to make room. it. I've um, seen that. Isn't wow.
4: that weird? It is so, Different age. So much has they changed technology-wise in the last, you know, few decades.
0: Massive.
4: You, like just couple last, last twenty decade. years has been last decade. It's been insane. Truly, uh,
0: truly, uh, the advancements are ridiculous. And, and that
4: does translate to to voiceover as well. Let me. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, so in the in the voiceover world, since you've retired, what are the changes that you've noticed for for the realm of voiceover technology? How has that changed things? Has that changed performances? Have you heard that? Uh, in that's shows? so
0: interesting. You wish you I, had? I, you know. I think most of the stuff that I found as useful tools for me at that t- time, when I, by the time I was retiring, they were there. They were in place. Mm. For example, when I did a show called Rescue Rangers for Disney a million oh, yeah. years oh, ago. Oh, it's yeah. a little show. It's Chip and Dale, yeah. and they're sped voices. And so back then, we were recording oh. on reel to reel oh, oh, about man. cassette. Now we're going back totally a generation before experience. that. And um, the, we would have to slow the tape down right. 50% record the actors acting like this Whoa. and, and then, then bring it back up to speed, have to listen to the whole thing to make sure we had clarity and that it didn't sound like actors oh acting like God. this. Oh, my gosh. And then go back and do pickups the same way, slowing it down again, recording the pickups, going back. So, But now we can do that without- In the booth. Right. right. Instantly. And we don't have to worry about- changing the speed as far as how fast the tape is running Pitch. through and 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 how the um the timing will you know it's just going to change the timing when we go back and do adr because the tape was actually being sped right. i mean it was actually oh, running fast, sure and now it's not going to link up anymore when we're going to sync wow so, but i mean wow. that that does Wild. speak
3: to a lot of like talent and discipline to that having to you know again it's restriction breeds creativity where it's like hey, this is what we got. So you get really good at doing one thing. And then once you have the tools, once the technology gets there, then it's like, oh, now we can run at 10,000 miles per hour versus like ta- like people now who are like, oh, I have the great technology, but I don't have any of the discipline or any of the talent. Right. So they're kind of, I don't want to be rude, but it's like they're kind of just wasting the potential. A little bit. Or it's, like, like well, I remember when I was in film school, like, learning every single editing system so I could figure out on my own, like, I like this one better. Yeah. I know how the industry does it, and I see this one, but, like, I like this one because it works better for my brain. Right, right, right. So, but I think
0: that learning all those is is key.
2: Mm-hmm. Is learning
0: all, it's like studying acting. Right. You should study with as many different people as you can, and nobody's going to be perfect for you. No. But you're going to pull five techniques from that guy and three from that woman and two from here, and you're going to go, now it's my technique because – I've cobbled it together to make it work.
5: Well, for how
4: my brain interprets
5: exactly what right. I'm
0: looking at. That's right. And and what works for somebody else does not work for me. I can't get there. And we talked a little bit before about needing to do things like cry on cue. Or laugh on Ooh, cue yeah. or laugh on cue at nine o'clock in the morning, yeah. which is hard yeah. to do, really hard to yeah. do. And that's like a real skill that you have to learn how to make that happen. And you find what technique it is. Is it actually thinking of something incredibly funny or is it just you have technically figured out how to make yourself laugh? And what I would do in a group when a person was having a hard time with that early morning laugh, mm-hmm. pardon me, was <clears throat> I'd make everybody, everybody in the laugh. Everybody in the room laughs. So let's just do that together. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now laugh. <laughs> <laughs> See how That's natural great. that is? Oh, yeah. That's because great. everybody helps you. Everybody lifts you up to that laugh, and then you can do it.
4: Uh, I just want to make a little side comment that we were all just directed by Andre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow.
3: You did very well. Michael you did very well. On uh, my uh, resume. I
1: you did very well. I, I, I can't afford that, though. <laughs> 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 um, I actually kind of want to speak to like your experience with acting. Uh, Corey and I, we both have theater backgrounds. I went to college for theater arts. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you did stage shows during your time in Manhattan. Did mm-hmm. you have any particular... York? shows characters that stuck with you or stood out as your favorites
0: you know um i have a manhattan story that i want to tell you but first i want to go back to graduate school and at uh, rutgers i did a show called uncommon women and others and that was written by a playwright named it's going to escape me right now go ahead go for it you guys uncommon Women and others she passed away recently she had a great play on broadway um wonderful woman um and it's important because I want to actually mention her in this story. Let's see how fast you are. Common Women and Others? Yes.
3: Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not fast enough. Oh, my. That's the, it. I don't have the technical
0: uh, school. We need to get a five year old. You failed.
3: I knew magazines. I <laughs> knew magazines.
0: Uh, Wendy Wasserstein. What? <laughs> that's a great computer. That's a <laughs> experience over technology. Terrific, terrific playwright. Very successful. It had four major plays that she wrote, and then she passed away, young, a young woman. But what was so cool at Rutgers was. Um, Uncommon Women, Others, it was all about these uh, students at one of the Seven Sister Schools. I forget which one it was, Mount Holyoke or something. And it was her, it was an autobiographical play. And her character's name was Holly. And I was playing that character. And she came and was on site as a resident as we did this. And it was fantastic. That was so wonderful. It was a magnificent experience to be able to not just have the playwright explain what she was talking about, what she wanted to get across in her play, but... What was she feeling as a as a person in this scenario that we were right, depicting? Right. It was fantastic, wonderful. Um, but as far as New York, one of the only things I did now, remember I was 200 pounds, five foot tall, Italian Jew from Eastern Long mm. Island. Mm-hmm. Not that many roles written for you. Yeah, right. And so although I did go out on a lot of auditions and stuff, there was only one play that I was actually doing in New York and it was called Marazzad is its common name. It's that incredibly long n- name about... The incarceration of blah, 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 blah. Of the oh, yeah, the yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a very kind of experimental project. And we were re- rehearsing in this, you know, Manhattan has some funky-ass places. Oh, yes. <laughs> where all kinds of independent. Yeah, I lived there That's for like fair. three years. Yeah, it's a strange it's, spot. It is. And we were doing this in this um, club, and I use that term very loosely. Uh, <laughs> it was downstairs in a basement. And I just kept looking at these kind of machines and then the occasional chain and weird stuff and Uh-oh. and the the need to always be out by 10 p.m we had to be out by 10 p.m oh. absolutely oh. out by 10 p.m because it reverted to a snm yeah, gay yeah. bar yes. and they did not like women in that oh. space so oh. we had to get the heck out of there before it, 10 PM. Or, yeah. before it went. wow and i and fine okay i get it i have no problem with that I come up one night from so it was maybe 9.45. I come up, and as I'm exiting this place, I hear these whistles, you know, whistle, whistles, you know? Yeah. It's like sports whistles. Right. Lots and lots and lots. I'm like, what the hell? And I open the door, and there's all these bright lights and cameras and police barriers and people Whoa. protesting. I'm like, what the hell? And it was the set of the Al Pacino movie Cruisin'. Oh, my God. Oh. And they were going to shoot in that basement where I was rehearsing that play, the Murat Saad. Whoa. But they were um, protesters crazy. protesting because and it was so weird because they were protesting how they thought this section of society was being depicted and I right. thought do you have access to the script why are you assuming that this is a negative yep. depiction Light. of these people and right. and it, in fact was not nope. it, there was a, a murderer and there was a part of it was going into that world mm-hmm. to find out but um are but you, it was are so, you talking about
3: today today's time that sounds yeah. like today's time <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: But uh, but that was so interesting to be come out of that. So when you say, do I have any memories of my Manhattan theatrical experience? That That's was a like, pretty. That's it was intense, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. And pretty then important. I watched the movie, which is a terrific movie. If you haven't it seen it, cruising. And then I watched as they show the scene in the staircase going down into the and You're then like, they, and then, down then down they the shot the scene inside that place, and terrible things took place in there. I I quit that play after that. Oh. I mean, it was it was falling apart anyhow. It was okay. there was weird. I, I had chosen to play a character who had. Who had gone blind, because it, it takes place it takes place inside a sanitarium. Everybody's it's a it's right. asylum. has yeah. got problems rom. and yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah, it's a nice light comedy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so I had a,
0: a friend of mine who was working with me, and I forget what she had picked as her infirmity and stuff, but she was like her job was to take care of me. And then at one point I remember during the rehearsals, I I forget what I did. I put a rag around my eyes or something that made me blind. And I remember her grabbing me and pulling me away, and I'm blind. I can't see it. I, I'm like, And we're rehearsing and we finish the scene and I'm like, what? She goes, there's one guy who's deciding to become naked around you because you're playing a blind character and he's just placing his parts close by so that when you're trying to find a chair or a wall, you're going to end up having to touch him. I'm like, okay, done. Well, I'm out of here. Thank you very much. Done. It's been real. I know it's not wild. And then I made the Smurfs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And now
1: for something completely different. Inspired (laughs) by. Isn't that wild? That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. In the same vein, I mean, with your acting experience, I know that you have, done a few voices mm, as well Did couple. when you were yeah. doing those voices did you ever get like did it satiate that theater bug in you did it ever make you go oh i really wish i
0: no it's it did say satiate yeah. it did it, it was um it wasn't that i missed acting because i always felt that um my directing style allowed me to act mm-hmm. especially because it's come to the point you're where you have to do when, you,
1: when you're in it i
0: am and i and i oftentimes there's actors that have to be recorded by themselves or an actor missing. And I would take that part and just act with the actor. So they had something to to bounce off off of. So I, and I also felt like, um, I love actors. I I love actors. I love what they go through. I love the, the sacrifices they have to make to do what brings them the most pleasure. And, um, and so I, I have this wonderful side of sort of connection with actors and, and, and I didn't know that I missed it until I started doing it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, I loved being the voice of the Batmobile. That made, that brought me such pleasure. <laughs> that was joyous. Oh yeah. And one of the things I always loved, Trust McNeil does it the best, but when it would be things like, you know, eight, one, eight, Nine, 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 five, five, <laughs> two, four. I just love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so I've showed up in many cartoons doing that kind of thing, there as whether it, whatever it is, the back computer or a, a talking tombstone in the future or something. <laughs> I, I met Siri. I taught oh a my. workshop in um <laughs> down of in course. Atlanta, yeah. and and I was the keynote speaker, and I d- wow. gave a private uh, class to ten students. And and she was one of them. Susan what? Bennett was her name. And wow, she, was, yeah. she always claimed to be the original series, Siri. So I don't know what that meant, whether she was replaced early on right, or right. I don't know what that she meant. She was replaced
6: but, r- in the last few years. Ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But she talked about months and months and months of just um, going in and recording words garble. and phrases and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I thought, yeah. like, Wow. Yeah, it's very, what
4: it's, a cool gig. It's very scientific. Yeah. A cool yeah. gig.
0: That
1: Those are the I think those are the most fun. So that they mm-hmm. could get the right vowels, yeah. and right,
0: and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and things that would flow from one thing to the next, mm-hmm. and all those options, and yeah, the
1: voices yeah. of things that we use on a daily yeah. basis is always so interesting. It's to a person me, like, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Somebody got
0: that gig. Right, exactly. The the talking gas pump. That, yeah, you know, oh, tells yeah. you know, the, the right. very. There's so much. When I first was teaching, so this would have been the mid 80s, I remember uh, make, creating a list of options for voice work. And as I began to write them down, I'm like, my God, there's just a ton of stuff you could do. Yes. Whether it was a talking watch, or mm. you know, mm. an an industrial, or exactly right, talking toys, of course, video so games, much. Uh, yes, industrial films. When you first start working at Wells Fargo, and you have to sit in a room with it because oh, yeah. you know and watch them, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you
5: know, Pacific Sunware
3: cor- for me, corporate <laughs> training, right?
0: All that kind of stuff. So uh, and uh, medical uh, films. So oh, yeah. like when a new drug has come on the market and they're trying to pitch it to doctors and they create this film and you have to learn how to say those incredibly long oh medical oh. terms and pronounce them oh. properly and right the some people were very very good at that stuff and some people just didn't Can't. have it and so yeah. you'd find those that were really good the audition copy would come in and go i know the five people that should come in and read for this and someone else would go oh please please let me try i'm like i have done this with you five times and let me play for you the guy that does it well and and, and not insulting at all just going listen to what it is they do and then i play and they go oh
2: okay it. Yeah, so it wasn't
0: just saying, no, you can't do it. It was, let me show you why you're not as good as this guy. Even within this agency, yeah. there's somebody else who can do it better than you. Right. Can. So I don't want to make you look bad ever. I always want you to be the best person right. for the job that I'm submitting.
4: Well, there's, there's, there's so many, because mm-hmm. there's so many avenues to go down, until you go on that avenue, you don't know if you're good or bad at Correct.
0: It. You have to try. Yeah, you, you have know. to try,
4: but... But hearing it, I'm sure, it was like the, uh-oh, yeah, um, yeah. no, no <laughs> and,
0: so And actors should feel like they know how to do it. Right. They should go in with that attitude. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, keep working. If it's not the best yet, keep working at it until you feel like, yes, I now I do that competitively with the other people who do that. Right. It's kind of like a witch right. voice. Everybody can do Margaret Hamilton. What's your turn on it that's different? What's your take that's completely different? And you may start with the Margaret Hamilton witch, but... Then go somewhere else and make that go higher, go lower, make her give it more texture, texture yeah. give her, you know whatever. And that
6: stuff's like worth its weight in gold. To actors, I'm sure, because I'm sure they're just used to hearing like, "Sorry, we we went with somebody else." Right. And like, That's the end of it. No,
0: I want them to know. I <laughs> yeah. always do, and I always made it clear to agents that if they wanted to find out why that actor didn't get it, I would have I would find time to tell them why. Right. And yeah. sometimes just it's something. just
5: a crapshoot. A lot of people don't do anymore.
0: <laughs> no, I know. You don't usually but get to hear why you didn't get. No, them. and that's I think that's a key learning point. is why and sometimes there is no really good answer as to why you didn't get it it could have been you you know there have been times when I was casting and I would submit to Gordon Hunt and I'd say there's this guy and this guy and this guy and he'd go any of those three would work and I'm like "Well, how will we decide and then I would look and go you know what I know that he needs one more payment under SAG to make his health insurance. There you go. Let's give him that gig. Oh, or wow. I know that this guy needs an ego boost. His wife left him and he needs something to get, to get out of that, right. whatever. Wow. So I try to be a person about it too, Right. Yeah. especially when there was three people who could equally do the job. Right. Really, It was not like, this yeah. guy's a little bit better. If that guy's a little bit better, I'm going to hire that guy. Yeah. And that's part of the celebrity thing that's happened is I always fought for the best actor. If it happened right. to be the celebrity, I would fight for the celebrity. If it happened to be a rank and file voice actor, I wanted to hire that guy and that's yeah. what I would fight for because I don't believe that the audience either watches a show on TV or streaming or goes and rents a DVD. Do they even do that anymore? Yeah. Um, DVDs, Blu-ray. What is this?
2: DVD. Yes, DVD. There's, there's DVD. There. Nice, oh, yeah. nice, nice,
0: nice. <laughs> um, because there's a celebrity in it. That's not why the kid goes, Mom, no, don't get that one. There's no celebrities in it. They don't. Right. They, right. If it's a good project and the voices do a good job, it will get a reputation and it will do well and people will want to see it. If it's a celebrity for celebrity's sake and they are not the best person, it's probably going to tank. And you spent some money on that celebrity probably, and the celebrity's not going to feel good about it, not going to want to come back and play again. And um, that always bothered me that people would – and what happened even worse is as people – as Twitter became a thing, they would say, we need somebody who has a Twitter following of more than 50,000 people. And that's not the criterion for me. I don't care. If they're not a good actor – I don't care if they have 100,000 or you know 100 million followers. Yeah. I want the best actor on the piece and I would fight fight fight. Sometimes I'd win that fight, sometimes I wouldn't. But um there have been times when I had to hire someone who was not the best person. And and the other thing that was so weird about it was it's not a contractual thing. It they don't ever say you must tweet this job out that we're hiring you for, oh. which made no sense to me. What just if relying you're relying
6: on the cloud? by itself yeah, so. yeah. well they they're want to sell they're relying
0: on that the actor or the person the the the, the celebrity the person will
6: wants yeah. to see the name on the poster right and or, they
0: will tweet about it they might tweet but they, it. Don't, but they don't
1: have to they don't have to it's, not, a, it's in all arenas real but there's quick there's an
5: interview with uh sophie turner she talked about she's in game of thrones nice. and she said she's like the girl who auditioned it was down to me and her was a far better actor than i was but i had more instagram followers oh, wow and they told her that they're like you got it because you're following it. no that's that? that's
3: 100 the climate yeah. um but in a weird pivot way i actually want to talk about uh dark knight returns and how peter weller was in it instead of kind of conroy and it wasn't a celebrity thing it was uh and I, I believe you said it was like you wanted a different graveled voice for an older older bruce wayne and right. kevin Conroy can play older bruce yes, Wayne. He yes has. we know that for, yes. for this iteration it was a right. different thing and so that's kind of like the defining line for me where it's like it's not a celebrity thing. It's not like a contractual thing. It is. It's about the like, story, based on the story. Right. It serves the story. It serves the character. Correct. That's what should matter. Tell the right. creative vision. You know. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood does. Hollywood <laughs> does. <you> oh, <laughs> yes. It's on Broadway.
1: They're doing it on Broadway too. They're, they're, doing, they're doing what the, on Broadway? The, 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 how many follower, followers do you have? Oh, no. Yeah. Is that true?
4: It's actually permeating most entertainment fields Promo. now. That's uh, everything is, it, there's a minimum follower requirement to even audition in the first place, Isn't actually. That something. I'm game. so
0: glad that that this is not, like, I'm out of my career already. Right. And because I, I, I have no social presence as far as, I don't have Facebook account. I don't have a Twitter following. I don't. And everybody always keeps asking me, why don't, why don't, I was like, I could barely get through my three email accounts because (laughs) I had different ones and my voice messages and my, you know, um, texts that was enough and then to follow the other stuff and and i do remember way back when i also don't play video games very much because i remember way back when when nintendo first came out with Mm -hmm. super mario and playing 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 and going 3 30 in the morning (laughs) (laughs) But i "I have such an addictive personality i can't (laughs) do that because i have too much work to do so i let work be my addiction which it was for years joyous addiction I, I, I was a workaholic in the throes of my addiction mm. and I, I you know there was one point I remember when someone said how many projects are you working on Bruce Tim asked me and I like looked at them all because they were all in production at one at one phase or another might have been ADR might have been initial casting whatever right. I was doing 11 projects simultaneously oh which is just wow. excessive it's yeah. just <laughs> pure weird. pure wow. greed <laughs> yeah. I wanted to work on all the good shows because they were all coming out at the same time it and was, you did it was land before time Oh. It was Animaniacs. It was Pinky and the Brain. It was Batman. And the Animani- there were so many that overlapped. You know, some were right. many years into production. Some were just beginning. But I wanted to do them all because they were all good and all different and all interesting. Yeah. And you know, you sign on for a project and you have no idea how long it's going to go. It may get the plug pulled before you even finish the initial order. It may do that first thirteen and that's it. It may go on for years and years and you make over 100 episodes or whatever and so then you've already kind of planned to you wanted to do work for somebody else and they finally have a project and they come to you and you're like yes i said i would and it's here and yes i'm still doing that other project i didn't think it would still be lasting (laughs) as long but it's a good show and so then they start uh, stacking up so i learned how to exist on like four hours sleep but
4: that's that's kind of the dream in a way too it yeah,
0: was yeah. The, my dream, certainly. There
3: you it go. was.
0: It was. It was heaven.
3: Uh, speaking about, like, you know, now you're in your retirement, uh, and uh, if you can tell by my shirt, I'm all the DC'd out kid. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I don't think there's uh, a DC property that you touched that I was like, "Yeah, that's all right." But I was like, I was in it. I was subscribed. I was addicted to. That was my addiction. Thank I was you. like, oh, three in
4: the morning? Okay,
2: that's fine." <laughs> yeah, two more
3: hours. Um nice. How uh, how often do you hear you know director, uh, other you know showrunners or producers from different studios asking you to come back?
0: I have been made a couple of offers, <laughs> and oh. and it's lovely. It's very lovely, and you know. When I still, so many of those people are my friends mm-hmm. so we're in contact right. anyway and they all tell me they miss me and that yeah. the industry is different
3: you could divulge yeah.
0: <laughs> but somebody did reach out to me about a project that I signed an NDA so I can't discuss nope. it um, but it was a very interesting project and extremely difficult and absolutely something I could do well. I was, I knew I was the person for the job. And as they, and it was somebody I worked with at the very beginning of both of our careers. And I loved her and I wanted to do another project with her all these years later. And, but I said to her right the very beginning of our conversations about it, I said, I, it's going to have to be enough money to make me feel foolish if I don't take it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's got to, yeah. to be that right. much. Right. So be like, yeah. you idiot. You're never going to get offered more money than that. Take the job. And it was interesting to me. So that's the first thing is, does the job interest me? Mm-hmm. Does a project interest me? Do I have the stamina for what it's going to take? Because this is going to be a really complex piece. A lot of time investment. Into it. A lot. Yeah. And you put your soul into it. You just yeah. do. Right. I don't ever sign up yeah. for a project that I'm not going to put my soul yeah. into it. The hundreds and of hours of casting. That's and, it. It. Yeah. and then we had many meetings and we talked about it. And I came up with a, a bunch of ways to help them improve the process they were trying to do. And they were kind of putting the cart before the horse and they were going to make it harder for themselves later on down the line. And I gave them all the ideas. And, and I also said, if for some reason this doesn't work out, here's five other directors that you should look at because they'll, they're all good people. And I, I, and I said, no ego. I'm the best person for this job. I know I am. I have the most experience. That's just plain, simple years. Right. Um, And then, I went away for a vacation, and I came back, and they said, "Okay, we we're gonna get back into it, and we want you to start casting on it, even though we're not gonna go into production for another six months, but we want to get it going." I said, "Fine, fine, fine. We don't have a deal in place yet, Andrea. Okay." I had told them exactly what I wanted mm-hmm. in that first conversation, mm-hmm. and they didn't blink. And then she goes, "Okay, let's negotiate." So you wanted per session, you wanted, and I said, oh, "I." I I don't want to negotiate with you. I told you, I was trying to save you time from the get-go. Right.
2: Because I I wasn't messing
0: around. I was like, uh, this is what you'd have to pay me. Because otherwise, and I was able to tell her because I know her so well for so many years, I was able to say, if you can't pay me that much, if I don't know that that's going to be the paycheck for this job, when things get really tough, which they will, this will be a very hard production. And there's going to be times when it's really, really hard. When we reach those points, I'm going to be so angry with you. For not paying me what I know I'm due to do that hard work, right. and that oh, will affect our personal wow. relationship as well. And I don't want that to happen.
3: So, wow. yeah. so your call. Wow. You no.
0: know, I, I I I see those other five people, which they did.
3: There's um on Facebook, there's like a, a social media group where like, I, so I liken myself a director and writer and all that stuff, but um I'm part of it. And like the one top line thing says like pay all paid work. And it's like, not like, hey, you're paying scale, you're paying like all the money you have because you have the budget to do that, but you're respecting the time, you're respecting the talent, you're respecting them like the actors, like you said, like loving them that they're going to get involved and invested in their characters and then going out there and spending their time to do it. Because, you know, it isn't for the money, but it is kind of like, hey, like, we all have to, you know, manage our time wisely. Right. So it's.
0: You bring up an interesting point too. The other thing about having the actors all together and and making them feel like they're a part of this thing we're doing together is, there's always conflicts time wise. Mm -hmm. Somebody else wants you the same time Mm -hmm. I want you. But if this experience is good enough, I bet we'll get first position. Meaning you're gonna want to come to this one, and then the other show is gonna have to do the priority. And that's good for me. That works yeah. for me because then we get to play together. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it's I, I make that comparison. I say play because we got to have fun. Mm-hmm. If we're not having fun making cartoons, we are doing something <laughs> wrong. Very
2: wrong. We're after, even
0: if it's a really intense, you know, uh, Red Hood, you know, yeah. movie, oh, yeah. it still has to have, we have to have fun making it. And there's got to be those wonderful moments of um, breaking the tension because it gets really intense, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, I remember this one scene we were doing ADR and, it was one of those fighty, fight, fight, fight scenes mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. One guy just one guy's just getting beat out of him. Fight, fight, fight. And he ends up going over this, um, falling off a bridge to his death, essentially. But we couldn't always kill everybody. Right. We had to kind of leave it questionable. Yeah. Show me Nobody. The body. nobody. Oh, That's exactly, a weird nobody. Saying. And and we had what we called keep alive groans. So when the character was knocked unconscious and would be laying on the ground, we'd have them... Uh, so right. the, so the kids really didn't think that those... And we did a lot of those. We had to go yeah. back in ADR a lot of keep alive wow. groans, we called them. But this one was just like, the room was really tense. Somebody had come in and there was fighting going on. It was something going on in the room that was uncomfortable. And so I'm showing this actor and he wasn't really good at, That kind of thing. It sounded yeah. very cartoony what he was doing. Wilhelm. <laughs> and, we needed, <laughs> and we needed a little break, icebreaker there. And so, as the guy's looking at it, at the character is falling and he's wearing a, a cap, and the cap falls off and it falls into the water. And so the guy disappears, and then the cap hits the water. And so I said, Here's what you need to do Echo me. Do it like this. Uh- my God! <laughs> <laughs> and everybody broke up laughing, and everybody forgot. So it was just like finding, feeling that out, out the room, yeah. and and having fun, even though it's a really intense piece that you're working on. You want to make sure. That I, feel, I mean,
5: I'm a firm believer that that stuff comes through in the end product. People I, can tell if you enjoyed yourself or if you didn't making something, and they can feel that 100% energy. hundred percent. I agree yeah. with you on that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think that if a cartoon, if say even just a, let's say a a, a thirty second sequence. If you guys had to record it over and over and over again, the director is beating you up and you're not getting it and this and this, I think that will come through. I do. I think that the, you may not understand what it is when you're watching it, but there'll be an unpleasant feeling as you're watching that going, boy, that scene doesn't feel good. And when you're a kid, you sense it. You can't articulate it maybe, but it's, it's there as well. Yeah, on an emotional level at least. That's right. It's like, boy, that.
3: I like, I like that approach a lot because I think you hear a lot of horror stories on live film where it's like the director is like slapping actors or doing all these things oh, to get yeah. the character into like a negative space right. where your approach and I subscribe to it too um, where it's. You know, you can always get a better thing out of a positive experience. Like, Absolutely. Mm-hmm, because people are more in, like encouraged to do it when you get a backlash from an actor. It's like, I'm an actor. You don't have to treat me like an animal. Yeah. Right. It's like those kind exactly. of
0: things. But you're right. When they do things like tell a kid that their dog just died to yeah. get them to yeah, cry. That's, all those things are horrible. Sure. There's a way to get these kids. A po- in a positive therapeutic <gasps> way. Like, Absolutely. Don't scar I the love... actor. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I love working with kids. Don't, don't I don't Kubrick love it. the sound of Freak a real him. kid's voice. I love their... Breathing in the middle of a sentence yeah. really weird. You know? I love the way they'll pronounce a word completely wrong, and then all of a sudden we all have to start pronouncing it that way because it's so cool. Right, and then the,
4: the little loops where they're. And then they're, and then, <laughs> I love and, that. Right.
0: So and, and then, it's so cool. It's, so and cute. that's a really nice thing for a female actor who's going to be doing kid voices because there's work for them doing that yeah. to pick up on those kinds of things. And, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, those sweet little <laughs> then, wonderful, right. Uh, we did a whole cartoon, um, Randy Beeman, it was called. And I think that was part of what? Tiny Toons or Animaniacs, I can't remember. And it was a little kid who'd come oh, outside, Oh, the, the runs the up to the thing and yeah, it runs back. Right. Oh, run yeah, the beam And they were called, and you run and go, okay, okay, okay. So one time, this kid went over to the school and he did this and this, okay, bye. And, and, and he go right and runs out, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And it was perfect. It was exactly the way, he was a, a young kid, but he was probably 12, 13 years old, but he was acting five or six years old. And yeah, he had I'm one of those that. really youthful kid oh, voices, yeah, so it yeah, worked yeah. out perfectly. And that's the ideal. An older kid who sounds like a younger kid because mm. you can oh, direct them more. They make they have a little more. um, um strength in, to last yeah. a little
3: longer. Right. Emotional intelligence mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. Exactly. I don't know how the dating world works because I uh, always <laughs> sounded young, but. <laughs> 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 I
1: I'd like to actually move to the next part of our yeah. our show okay. okay. to something that you're you're a fan of. But I do have one. It's a personal question. I'm sorry. I okay. grew up in San Diego. Oh, cool. What part of town did you live in?
0: Poway. Oh, okay. Poway. Yay. And I have Love. a half-brother who lived down there. Oh, that's and awesome. And that's why. And and he very kindly one day called me up, knowing that the winter was coming back east, and <laughs> yeah. said, there's a $100 flight from JFK to LAX, and if you want to come and stay with me, he, he was kind of repaying us. Yeah, I call him a half-brother. He was my Oldest brother's best friend. Got he it. lived with the family for years. I got and those. It was his way to repay our family was by allowing me to live with Aww. him, which was yeah. so sweet. Yeah. And so within like two weeks, I packed my life up in my mom's attic in Stony Brook, Long Island, yeah. and moved to San Diego with no job possibility, wow. no nothing, yeah. and uh, and lived down there for probably half a year before I went wow. to be
2: yeah, wow. awesome. wow. assistant.
0: Awesome. Yeah, loved San Diego. Still yeah. love San it's Diego. A beautiful town. It's gorgeous it you know it has a, a reputation of it had a reputation of being either retired or military mm. but come mm-hmm. to find out there's a much more vibrant useful mm-hmm. life there yeah, than there. and now. i think comic-con has, yeah. has been a-, a major force in that Very, huh? i can see that yeah. it has be, people from all of the world young people from all over the world have gone there and went it's beautiful here it's cool. it's Gorgeous. And and they're so smart, and I hope they never move Comic Con from that. They talk about other places. They talked about Vegas. That's so long. But I mean, it's hard to think of where could facilitate such a big, you know, the only other place I can think of is Chicago. Yeah. That could facilitate, and that's not the same thing either at no. all. Yeah, but it's a beautiful city, and that yeah. would also that could the that's food. better than Vegas. M- I think food. the, the food's food so good. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I just got back, and it's it like, just yeah, 100%. 3 a.m. burritos. Oh my <laughs> god! <Yes. laughs>
1: but, uh, but San Diego, Can't beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, where,
0: where did you live in San Diego?
1: Oh, all over the place. Oh. It was like El Cajon, yeah, um, Pine Valley, okay, which is way out
0: in the yeah, mountains, right.
1: Um, but yeah, Sandy and
0: Poway, when I moved there, was really a one horse town. It was yeah. tiny and nothing. And now it's, it's quite still, a large city. It's still kind of, and it's a two horse town. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's large, it's big, and it's it, it's unfortunately known now because of the horrible yeah. shooting that took place in the yeah, synagogue yeah. down there. Oh. Yeah, right. But um, it's a it's a neat place, and they have rodeo days every year. It's a yeah. big cowboy event oh. that takes place down yeah. there. And I'm not a cowgirl in any way, <laughs> but it was just kind of a it's fun so thing cool. that Poway is on yeah. the map that way. Yeah, that
1: Um So. Next part of our show, what we always like to do is we like to talk to our guests about something that they are a fan of. And in asking you what your favorite movie was, you said it was Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet oh. from 1968. Which
5: I was so excited. This is my favorite version of oh, this excellent. show. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yes. Yeah.
3: For many reasons. never watched this. I've only seen Romeo plus Juliet. And oh. I always laughed at, give Buzz me my long sword. Oh, and then yeah. it's a oh, gun. Yeah. But I've seen this. I was like.
5: Oh. I understand. This is how it's supposed
3: <laughs> to be.
0: I'm sure you're supposed to be. Have you seen it yet? I I watched it. I and loved I it. Yeah, yeah.
3: I watched it for for you. Thank for you. you. I just you. let <laughs> you know. I would never watch. I didn't disappoint? No. Great. No. Great. No, you've never disappointed. It's
0: it's a stunning movie. <laughs> yeah. It's and it was exactly at the time uh 68, I would have been thirteen years old. Mm. So it was one of the first depictions of Romeo and Juliet at the proper age mm-hmm. yeah. because they always were depicted as much older adults. actors, adults, adult adults. Yeah. adults, and not even like young Bearded adults. Adult, like adult. Exactly. adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of the, it didn't make a lot of sense. But I remember um, as a very young child, I learned to read really early because I had a lot of older brothers and sisters and reading was a really cool thing. And I remember that my local library had a book that took Shakespeare plays and um, they made... Mm. Uh, prose from the poetry, yeah. but every once in a while, they would include a couplet or a section of the play in its poetic form, and it, it so moved me, and it so touched me, and I remember reading a thousand times, Oh Happy Dagger, This is Thy Sheath, there Rust, and Let Me Die, and weeping every time I would read it, just weeping, 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 thinking about a 13-year-old girl, a girl my age, so in love with someone who was now dead at her feet, being so desperate that she would take a sword and kill herself, and it would make me cry every single time. Um, that particular film, and we all have seen and read many different mm-hmm. interpretations oh, of yes. that yes. particular yeah. play, whether it's West Side Story away. West Side Story or, wait, <laughs> yeah. Side Story or you know, whatever, any yeah. kind of new interpretation, Romeo plus Juliet, all that kind of stuff. Um, and what's one of the most interesting things to me is the interpretation of the text as in what are you going to cut? Because it's such a long play. It really is. And it's hard to get a contemporary audience to sit through the whole thing, start to finish, uncut. And so I think Zeffrelli's cut was brilliant. I think he took out some of the fat. I think he took out some of the poetry, which is gorgeous and should be taught and learned and people should be aware of. But as far as a live performance or a film performance, it doesn't help move the story along. It's just beautiful poetry. You're right. (laughs) It doesn't move. And and that's what we've learned in drama these days is it has to move. It has Mm -hmm. to move forward. And these things don't move forward. I was sad that he chose to cut, but I totally understood, the friar's speech um, when Romeo first comes to say, will you marry us? And that's a beautiful soliloquy, that wonderful, as he's picking the herbs. He always likes
1: to put little friars in there, and they just say, like, that they have beautiful poetry. Yeah, and you're like, yep yeah yep. it's, it's the job of instead. the friar exactly
0: <laughs> but like you said it doesn't it, exactly move, it yeah. makes it very hard for the actor because they're basically spouting gorgeous words they for themselves have to find out why are they saying those yeah. words yeah why am i standing in this field picking this talking all about this why is you know that whole thing um so subtext becomes really important mm-hmm. to those actors but um what i also loved about this particular production was its lavish production style. Oh my gosh. And I had the great right. pleasure of hiring Olivia Hussey Whoa. and Carrie Elways <gasps> to play Queen Gertrude and Hamlet in a Pinky in the Brain episode. Yes. <laughs> that really was like pinching, pinching, pinching oh myself. Oh my gosh. And Carrie and I have become very dear friends. I have a text from him today. He's oh my, my Dear, dear, darling, darling friend. Wow. Can you, and... can you tell him that we also don't
3: want to see a redo oh of Oh my Princess God. Pride? What a terrible idea. Oh my God. Yeah. His response was, was-
0: Excellent. Wasn't it spot on? Perfect. When I heard, so, I, this has happened so many times, we just go, why are you remaking something that was so good? Yeah. Why? What? Why? That was really was lightning a bad, in a bottle. If it was a bad movie based on good yeah. material and you're like, I can make a good movie. Great. Yes. Then remake the film. Do it better. But sure. when what there's that all did. that one- Rob Reiner and all that. Oh, like, I, I mean, the quotes that people say all the time and the references and there's just- As you wish. It's perfect. Yeah. Yes. I it mean, is perfect.
3: Perfect. And i always said, like, just take more risk on the original stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Get some exactly. new and stuff. But exactly. Spend more time coming up with something it's original. Not right. up the past. Right. So right. it
6: can maybe yeah. become a classic someday. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's a
0: new that we're still talk about now. <laughs> yeah, and right. Well, I will watch it. I mean, I think it's on... I think I've recorded it and I've just oh, left yeah. it there to watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. Whenever you And need. you should buy Cary Elway's book if you haven't, the one where he talks I about have. it. It's so cool. He gives all kinds of wonderful stories about who what happened on the set and it's, it's actually how insane. I learned
5: how to pronounce his name correctly Elvis. when I read his book because yeah. he says like Elvis and I was like oh I've been doing it wrong Elvis,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's so dear um but Olivia Hussey she was extremely generous with her story she was quite nervous and still gorgeous yeah when she came in to do this episode and um I, like her little hands were shaking and so I take her hands in mine. I'm like I promise you you're gonna have a fantastic time and we're gonna just laugh and have fun and she played Queen Gertrude it was perfect she was excellent um But she told these great stories about the production of her Romeo and Juliet. I think the filming took two years plus. Wow. Wow. But when you watch that film, it will become very clear that the dubbing... Oh yes
2: mm-hmm. The
0: entire film is dubbed yeah. yeah And she said She's convinced That zephrelli Kept her there For the year Because he was Just so crazy about her And he loved her <laughs> He genuinely loved her And she loved him too Not in a sexual right. way right, But right, right, right. they loved each other So much And he just She was like He just didn't ever Want to let me go yeah. And do anything else But well worth it Because all that Voice work is so good It's amazing It's Because you see those scenes And you know it can't Possibly have been mm-hmm. yeah, no. It Had to have been And
5: everyone is yeah. so important You can't risk that Like losing it to an echo or Absolutely. whatever yep. you need. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh, yeah. and
0: also some of those wonderful moments in the film, if you remember like when the friar at the end, um, when she, uh, he's, he's showed up, he's Trying realized everything is falling her. apart. Yeah. She is like, I'm staying. And he, you know, I dare no longer stay. Juliet, Run. I dare no longer stay. That's not in the play that way. He- just kept adding it. I dare no longer wow, stay. Yeah. Du, 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 du. The horns are coming. The, the battle. I dare, Juliet, Lady Juliet. I dare no longer stay. I dare. No longer. It was wonderful. Yeah. Those yeah. kinds Urgent of theme. right. Yeah. But it's not them trying to recreate not at Shakespeare. All. It's just Honoring saying it. that word. Those words are so crucial to what's happening right now. And you know, it's not just. I'm a, yeah, he is a chicken, but I'm not just a chicken. But I dare not stay here with you. I screwed up so much. There's so many levels. So much he is saying. With <laughs> I dare no longer stay. I'm risking everything if I am standing here mm. I'm shamed before God I'm shamed before the prince I'm shamed before I mean it's the just the yeah. and the Capulets and oh everyone. everything nobody will ever trust me again and I've screwed up so royally and I loved my intentions were all those things are in I dare no longer stay yeah. I dare no I mean it's just it's fantastic I, 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 I really
3: yeah. I think the great thing about that this this film does as you said like taking liberties and what to cut out like it kind of just hones in on the, the narrative of like this cautionary tale and then like the prince there being like, this, like, look, this all happened because you guys couldn't get your shit together. And, nice. like, <laughs> and because I
0: didn't do anything as the prince, I also lost. Yeah. A relative.
3: yeah. And it's like, I'm glad that this piece, but it just came too late. Right. And right. it's just like,
0: Ugh. I know. Yeah. It's it's vital. It, information dri- it drives now. it so much harder. Absolutely. Versus, mm. Yeah. And um, there's, there, the, there's also that. The silliness that they found in it, too, like when he's at her balcony and he climbs up and he's, and, he, and he's like hanging by one arm, just going, oh, my God. It's so silly. He kind of looks like a monkey the way he's I'm hanging right. there. They, and that's perfect and wonderful and youthful and exuberant. And you get a chance to laugh. Is and the
5: shooting star passionate, fiery love? Well, it's a, you, you, got, you forget sometimes having seen productions with these like 30 plus year old actors that. They are kids, all of them. And one of my favorite favorite thing, I reference this movie all the time because when I was growing up, Mercutio was one of my dream roles to play on stage. And this is one of my favorite depictions for a couple reasons. And one of them is the fight with Tybalt. Mm. Because it becomes, the thing that's tragic about this version is it becomes a play, like Tybalt's Mm -hmm. laughing, which in every other production, he's just this hot-headed, angry dude that hates Mercutio. But they're kids and they're sword fighting and they're laughing and they're playing. And he stabs Mercutio by accident Correct. because someone gets in the way.
0: Then the accident makes sense because yes. they're kids and right. they're playing. And
5: mm-hmm. it's like, the, I, I always reference don't this off, because I, I, I <laughs> love the fact that Tybalt isn't
0: just a bad guy.
5: Right. He's just a kid. Right. And they were playing and they were making fun of each other. It's a, such a playground thing. And then someone else, some third party messes Stepped up this in. game they yeah. had.
0: With all the best intentions. Oh, yes, yep. of
5: course. And yep. then yep. it's just it, the Mercutio death in that scene is... Is sadder because Tybalt also feels it. Where he's like, oh my God, I didn't mean to do this. Right. So
0: right. and everybody kind of liked Tybalt. Yeah, you know, he was one of those oh. characters that kind of on um, both. He was. Everybody liked Tibble. Well, it was York, a remarkable I mean, he, performance. Oh, it's my Michael God. beautiful. Yeah, Michael
5: York, you cannot I, go wrong.
0: I have to tell you, though, that film came out, um, West Hampton Beach, where I grew up, is not even, it, it's a hamlet, which means that it only has 2,500 people living there year-round. Oh, wow. In the summer, it blossoms to like 25,000, but, right. but year-round, oh, 2,500. Well. So it had one movie theater, terrific movie theater, and then the year that this movie came out, a second movie theater opened. America, and it played Romeo and Juliet for the entire summer. Wow. So I saw this it was every week, every week. And oh, I wept wow. every week. And I, oh, man. A, and Olivia told me that one of those dresses, I think it was the red velvet dress, weighed oh, like man. 35 pounds. Oh. Oh. And oh, so God. she you had to really learn how to Moving. move in yeah. those heavy, heavy clothes. The first bat and, suit. <laughs> and, and all those wonderful inside stories. I love meeting these people oh, for gosh. those reasons to hear those stories about how things were done and what they did. And it just, it, Oh my There's something about that story, and it, it's a timeless story. It really is. Yeah. It's you know, West Side Story is a beautiful updated version of it. If you haven't seen that film, you really should. Um, and the other thing that Zeffirelli did so well was make it accessible to us everyone. kids, yeah. everyone. You understood the words; they made sense of it. It's a I new know generation. Exactly. It's relatable. Relatable. It made sense, and and again, I think his key was the casting of children, you know, right. young actors yeah. play. It. And sweet um, Leonard Whitting, who I just fell in love with, as did every girl who saw that song, um, I asked Olivia how he was and what he was doing. And she said, to sort of bring this all round circle, you guys, he had a stroke several years after the movie and lost all his hair and put on some weight they stayed very, very good friends and made his living doing voiceover. Well, there you go. Wow. Oh my god. That is a full Isn't circle. Isn't that the coolest, you coolest, watching coolest him full and circle? Now he's in your Isn't field. that something? It made me really happy. And that was another person I would have loved to have been able to hire right, somehow yeah. and make that work out, but I just wasn't I, able I was,
3: to. I so you were thirteen when this film came out. Correct. Okay. So I was watching this. I am twenty-seven. Okay. And uh I am just gonna bring it in because I'm the lowest common denominator in the group. <laughs> uh it was a little weird seeing Olivia Hussey, yeah, uh, you know, in an in intimate scene. But also uh, Leonard, uh, Wh- I'm not sure,
0: Whiting Whitting, I'm not sure. It must Whiting. be Whiting because it's a it's a one it's one T. I so say be- I
3: say this as a straight male. Him, his butt in those little legging things. I was like my God, it's popping everywhere. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no wonder all of the girls. Learned. I was like. I, I can't stop. I can't stop. Saying, I, like, I, have to, I, like, I need to not um, look at
4: it. I choose not to come in. It's It like, was... This
3: thing is it's a one leg is white, one leg is gray. I'm like, I have to look.
0: I have
2: to look at his <laughs> metrazeria. My eyes in. are pulled. There's,
0: there's a nothing a I can wonderful, do. Wonderful. Wonderful <laughs> body. <American> both <laughs> have they both had beautiful bodies. They both had beautiful bodies. You back. see her for English. two seconds, right? Because she. Jumps out of bed and you see her naked breast for like a second. Yeah, and,
3: like, and she's 16 at the time, so I was like, oh no, I no." Don't, I don't but, but I was it, like, for the art, for the film.
2: Yeah,
0: it's so lovely the way he did it. It was just Classy, the whole, yeah. the whole way he dealt with that scene. And you know, the other movie we haven't talked about that's along that same lines is, of course, um, Shakespeare in Love. Oh yes, which is the my most, wife's favorite movie. It's a wonderful way of yeah. bringing that movie in, and there. Production of Romeo and Juliet yeah. within that is so wonderful. wonderful. The the blooming blood that comes out, which is just a scarf the that unfolds. Oh, I loved it. wonderful. Oh, my gosh. It was terrific.
5: Yeah. It's I terrific. also, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Queen Mab speech as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That probably yeah,
2: yeah.
0: such
5: a, because I, I watched this, we, uh, the first time I ever saw this, I was in um, high school. Okay. I believe I was a sophomore in English. And we read the play first. Same-ish, yeah. From so you're we like 14,
2: yeah. That's start to finish, read the
5: play, and then this is the one that our teacher was like, this is what we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. So we watched this version. And I remember, uh, I mean, I read the Queen Mavs speech in the book because we read it aloud, right? right. Uh, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But seeing uh, John McHenry, I believe is his name, uh, perform it. That is his name. Was such, like, goosebumps. It gave me chill, Like, to this day, even re-watching it now, and I've seen this five or six times, mm-hmm. every time he brings it to a level where, of, of like, that kind of crazy but still... You know, kind of wake dreaming kind of thing. Yeah. I just I could watch that speech over it's and over and over again. It's a wonderful
0: interpretation. Oh my god! It's a wonderful interpretation. And the backdrop
5: of that big street and like,
3: yes, oh.
0: yes.
5: I'm really mad, actually. Like I wasn't
3: like <laughs> to- no, I wasn't to- like like what I did with Hamlet. To- I wasn't told to watch this film. <laughs> mm-hmm. you uh, know, like
0: before you read the play.
3: So like I you know in the show uh, I've mentioned that like I never really got into Shakespeare and you know all this stuff because all my English literature classes were like learn how to take a test. Uh, where, like learn right. how to pass your classes yeah. during AP courses, get to college and you're done. Mm. And it's like, I never got to, to, and then like now I'm an artist. So yeah, it's yeah. like, right. ed, ed, in some way, academia kind of took a second back, you know, back step for it, for where I can, I couldn't appreciate where all this came from and seeing different iterations, different types. Um, and it's like, why isn't this part of like curriculum? Where it's like, usually you read a book, but they don't tell you how to read the book, right? where to be, what, right. what place to have, like, also this is written hundreds of years ago. Right. So right. It's like, right.
0: But but it's so interesting to talk about you have to learn how to read a play like mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. You have to learn how to read the footnotes. You have to see which folio you're reading from and all that kind of stuff. Different mediums, yeah. But I had to learn how to read comic books because I didn't, you know, it took me a while to go, okay, that Batman and Superman scene, the the blue box is Batman's thought process and the yellow box is Superman's thought process and that balloon is what they're actually saying out loud. And I go there first and then there and then Mm-hmm. Over to there where that I mean like try I do <laughs> right, right. it's a different it's a,
5: language. It's, well
0: it really, really is. I felt like a total idiot. <laughs> even on because... panels,
3: it's like left to right. But then some panels are like diagonal. So you're like, do I go down Correct. first or I go left Correct. first and Correct. then back?
0: Correct. Yeah. I had to learn how to read comic books. So yeah. strange.
3: And all of them they're they're in unless you're like shout out to Jonathan Hickman, who's pretty like streamlined, like everything's just like one line, one line, one line, uh, and then he'll break it up. Yeah. Um it's very much like it's a whole new thing. And then like you're kind of zigzagging around and you're kind of have to like how does this person write yeah. and you have to figure out
1: how Yeah depending doing. on
5: yeah. who the writer and the artist is it's a different experience
3: it every is. book really it is. You but have that's to learn.
1: also. I mean that's related to Shakespeare like if you look at it you have to like as an actor when you're when you're doing the lines you see the you see it it looks like poetry right? yeah but you have to know like some lines some lines are their own thought, mm-hmm. or some lines are actually like this is one sentence, so just continue. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't right. stop. Exactly. Like, yeah. Just because continue. the end of a line it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's very technical. I never yep. like was you know told that stuff, and I like
5: had to figure that out. I was like, oh, okay. So,
3: so that's it's going <laughs> on. People
5: somewhere. go to school to learn how to read
1: Shakespeare. Oh, that's right. It is its
5: own technical. It's my
1: favorite type of acting, uh, Shakespeare. When I was in uh, acting school, like. That's one of the reasons why I've seen yeah. this so many times because I had acting teachers that were like, okay, you need to watch this because of the way that they, I mean, the delivery of the lines is just, it's just yeah comes off. I mean, it's just, you can't tell. Like, right. and so Shakespeare has always been my favorite because it it took so much um, prep. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the scenic, yeah.
5: People who do it really, well. I mean, my wife and I go to uh, Griffith Park and watch the Independent Shakespeare Company every summer and they're, Talk about making it accessible. These actors who study it day in and day out know how to deliver a line where, like, yeah. I didn't understand all the words you said, but I know exactly right. what you're talking
0: right. about. <laughs> right. It's like another language. Yeah. It is. It's so. like, but with the right acting,
5: yeah. you get it. It's like we're talking
0: with the figs. Exactly right. Yeah, figs. It's exactly <laughs> right. Full <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> circle. See? Nicely done. And,
4: and when it's done well, uh, with the 1968 Romeo and Juliet, this was one of the first times I've seen a m- movie in, in a long time that was... Two and a half hours about and time became irrelevant exactly yeah exactly that, that i that it was it was really cool i had a, like maybe one moment where i was like i know how this ends i know what's going on i know how long this is but i cannot stop right. immersive yeah, very <laughs> immersive I, I cannot leave no, because no it feels like this is real life yep. right now well, i know, I, and I know. Then you, it's, it's such a cool thing to have that disconnect and be like no they're doing they're doing too well. I can't right. stop. Yeah. Right.
3: I think the big help is with the cinematography, which it won an Academy Award yes. for. Right. And like how they shot all on locations mm-hmm. for those different places, and was just like.
0: Well, and I'm always searching for those places because aren't they the most beautiful? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. It feels like oh <clears> like
3: this, like you know you've seen performances, you've seen on stage plays, and whether the stage is big or not, the perform- production's huge. But it's like this is like oh this is where this
0: the this scope is the scale. This is what it actually yeah. should be. Right. Right.
3: So it's it's right. it's great. But also it meets
0: the penultimate. It, is yeah. it really is. Oh yeah.
3: Like you get to see the scale, but also going in for the close up. Yeah, like,
0: yeah. Getting in those performances yeah. and
3: you're like yes. mm. <laughs> like I can't do that on a theater I and mean, it's like a different
1: medium, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's yeah, like yeah. that yeah. is still, still. Pirelli, he's really good at faces. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, filming faces. Sure was. Like, uh, if you look at his Hamlet, too, with Mel Gibson. It's, damn, good. A, damn, damn good. good. <laughs> damn good. Damn um, <laughs> good. And I'm sorry, first we first lost
0: first. him recently. We just lost that yeah. yeah. He just June. passed. Yep. That's June. Yep.
1: Um,
0: Thank you for all yeah. the wonderful work you yeah. gave us. Yeah, thank you.
1: I mean, there right. is kind of a little bit of a fun fact in how all of this mixes. Michael York was on Batman the Anime <gasps> series. Yes, He played Tybalt right. in, um, right. in this movie. That's right. He also played a character called Dr. Montague Kane. Right Oh Montague, oh. Montague. Right. Brilliant
0: what? Wow Brilliant Wow I never and put that you. together Montague King right? uh, When I was researching I was wow. like Wow What <laughs> <laughs> There's a great voice Michael oh. Oh, Great yes. voice Amazing Really really recognizable And wonderful I yes.
5: mean of I course it. I would quote him all the time From Austin Powers but like, oh, yeah, so yeah. Good. yeah So good Steals every scene he's in Quite a lot Austin <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs>
1: It's I feel great. like the appropriate way to move to the the end of the show is to go and sing. And uh, sing, yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well,
6: nice. wonderful. We'll get this you on the next in, Batman anniversary.
1: Yes.
0: Okay. I think it's, oh, I think it's right. what, next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a Batman <laughs> world.
6: When, um,
1: yes. when
6: your book's done,
1: we'll have you back on. I'd yeah. love that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, like, love it. I I'd love to do that. Thank is you. Is there Is there any um, like current stuff that's kind of in the world that you want people to check out? I know that Batman Beyond has a uh
0: yes, anniversary
1: and re-release. Indeed.
0: And uh we'll be making appearances at the New York Comic Con. Um Ooh. I think it's the first weekend in October. right nice. So please come by and say hi. My birthday. And oh yeah. yes? October, yeah, October third. Day? Excellent. Happy birthday to you almost. That. And Thanks. um I don't know what else is planned. I I I I encourage people to come and see me at the Comic Cons that I do because I'll probably only do another year or so of them. I I don't want to become a I mean, uh, how am I ever going to say this delicately? Yeah. Well, I don't here. want to become uh, like a has been. Oh yeah, she was, oh, right. and the she's still showing up but exactly. Right. So I want, it while I'm still, while people still remember my work vividly because they they just saw it recently and stuff. Then, uh, so maybe another year. Or so, so I'm gonna, I'm trying to, and I'm actually putting this out there to your audience as well. I want to do all the comic cons that there are. Mm. So if anybody has connections with Dublin Con. Oh,
1: darn. Or, you know, (laughs) or
0: any of them, anywhere. I I want to do them. I love the connection with the the fans. And many of them don't even come to get a signed autograph, which is fine, because there is a fee for that, because we have to. But um, I just love that they come up and say, you made a difference in my life. I had this one guy who came to me once and said, I was on the road to being a gang member killer. I was going to be a horrible person and... Then I had Batman to come home to and watch every day after school, and it changed my life. Wow. And I thought, I I can't have a more wonderful compliment. (laughs) That is, really. So uh, I encourage people to come see me anywhere, and then if you can request of your local areas to bring me in, I want to do that. He had a great time. You wouldn't stop talking. Can I I be on
3: the record real quick? Yeah. Uh, You'll never be the has-been, because I'll tell you this right now. There are people who are younger than me who make write essays and put it online for millions of people to watch and still talk about your work. Oh, yeah. thank you. And so it's not even like my own personal thing, but like as a
2: fact. Thank
4: <laughs> <my laughs>
2: you. Thank you for Who's that. five years old. Is, I, I, it makes me very happy.
4: I yeah. don't think you can lose track of 35 Emmy nominations. and Over when, 40. Over, over 40. 40. Yeah. She lost track <laughs> at and 35. You lost track at 35. You've, you've won Emmys. I don't think there will be a point where
0: you're a has-been. Thank you yeah. for that. No, I, 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 if, I have a fear. I have a fear. So thank you for that. I'm good for another year at least. It's, you know?
6: it's, I can see that, though. So, it's easy to be looped in to that yeah, crowd at yeah. a Comic-Con I, Con right? so I, I understand right. that. Yeah.
4: I think you've created a legacy thank at this you. point. Thank and and yes. it's far larger than 10 lifetimes can contain. Thanks. I mean, and
5: we're I, excited that you're here. For, for me, our it's our always.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> you
4: It's kind uh, of astonishing that you're in the room right now. I'm so happy. For any you. of the DC
3: animated stuff, it's always been if it's Bruce Timm, Andrea Romano, uh, Dwayne McDuffie, Kevin Conroy, somewhere. Not even as bad, but just somewhere, like, I'm in. That's so cool. I know cool. Joanna McDuffie's not with us thank right you. now, but I was like, these are the this is the tr- Holy Trinity. Thank and you. And he got <laughs> the garlic just in case. <laughs> all,
2: uh, you nice. need that for the heart. You need that nice. one for the heart and soul. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well,
0: thank
1: you so much for joining us. Thank yeah. you for it's having me. It's been a blast. Me. It's an honor oh, to have you're you in the studio. are very kind, you guys. This has been
0: yeah. really fun for me, too. Oh, great. <laughs> That's you. awesome.
1: Everybody at home, thank you, too, for watching, listening, however you... You watched Nerd On. We just are so appreciative to have you um, joining us in this wonderful moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Please stop by iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts um, and rate us, review it. That kind of stuff does help us. If you're new to Nerd On and what we are, check out nerdon.tv. It has all of the information of what it is that we do. Videos, articles, everything. Mm -hmm. Many podcasts. Um, But yeah, check it out. Subscribe, share with your friends, your family. That's it. You know the drill. As always, Nerd on!
2: Ending broadcast.